So, Ben, I'm going to make a statement here. Okay. And I mean it. There has never been a single PowerPoint presentation that has ever justified the existence of PowerPoint presentations. Damn. I'm trying to think of any, like, really life-changing PowerPoint presentation that I have seen. Right. I can't really think of any. I can't think of a single PowerPoint presentation I've ever seen because they flow right out of my head as I'm looking at them. Well, here's the really crazy thing, though, is, like, whenever the guy that created PowerPoint was, like, pitching it to Microsoft, how did he pitch it? he had had like poster board and he was like it would look like this right and they were like yeah like poster board and he was like but on the computer oh okay pretty cool (laughs) what if the way that went is he was doing the poster board presentation and it was all like slides of like so you see how this sucks (laughs) let me turn to the next panel here oh yeah this is bullshit Like, the whole thing was just knocking the old style of presentation. He's like, that's why we need PowerPoint. He's like, what is it? And he's like, well, I can't really show it to you because it would be in the shitty poster board format. It's in my mind, and it's amazing. Trust it's me. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Johnson, you're a genius. You're going to be able to throw check. in stupid, uh, like, sound effects when you go to the next slide. Yeah. Cha-ching! And, and then whenever you go to the next panel, it's going to come at you like this. It's going to whoosh out like whoosh, spiral, whoosh, <laughs> boom. And don't worry, you'll never get to use that in business ever. That's no. only for when you're learning PowerPoint so you know how to do it and know to never do it. That's true. Most of the features of PowerPoint are there to make you learn how to use PowerPoint. And yep. that's the only time you would ever fucking use them. So my question is... What's the PowerPoint? Hey. <laughs> hi We're asking the hard-hitting questions here on the newest installment of Dead and Lovely, the greatest show featuring me, your good buddy, Hunkle Ben. Ooh, and me, Hunkywood Steve. Ooh, look out. The host with the most on today's episode where we're going to be talking about Hellraiser 3, <laughs> colon hell on earth. Colon hell. Colon hell. This, you know what? It does feel kind of like colon hell. Like when you're, you know, you know how like when you got the rumblies and yeah. you're like, oh no, it's coming. Like that's how this movie feels. Like oh kind no, of. Oh, it's, oh, it's coming. I have such polyps to show you. <laughs> You'll scream for mercy for the medicated wipes. God, this movie fucking sucks. Yeah, it's bad. I had a friend that had some colon hell, and I wouldn't wish that on nobody. I've had a colonoscopy before. Have you really? Yeah, because uh, I was having some regular IBS, and they were worried. Yeah. Um, Just prepping for a colonoscopy is hell in itself. (laughs) I've heard that's not the most fun. Yeah, but then they knock you out, and then you come to, and they're like, your butt looks good. You put a camera at my butt. That's hilarious. (laughs) When he came to you, they were like, nope, nothing wrong. You're just a normal white no, person just, with IBS. We just stuck stuff up your butt. Yeah. Probably don't eat hot sauce on everything. <laughs> Maybe try that, and I right? said, fuck you, and I ran out. <laughs> if you want to skip uh, all the polyp talk and get straight to the movie <laughs> review portion, I don't know why you would do that, though. There's a timestamp for you down there in the podcast description, mm-hmm. but you're going to miss the good stuff, us catching up, shooting the shit, drinking some co-beers, yep. and checking out that old preview palace, which uh, this week is going to be... It's going to be really great. Yeah, it's a good so one. I recommend sticking around. Steve, I'll tell you what. After uh-huh. we're done recording this episode, I think I'm going to go buy some lottery tickets. Oh, yeah? Why is that? I am the luckiest boy in the world today. Oh, what happened? My bathroom exploded. Wow. What but, luck. But I was here for it. 
And that's how I know I'm lucky. Yeah. So I've been working all day making some videos and stuff like that. And I finished one video and then I went over to the apartment and I was talking to Kate. I was like, "Ah, I'm trying to decide. Do I want to go to the gym now or just work on this other video? Uh Uh-huh. And uh, she's actually convinced me, just like, you got the time, go ahead and knock the other video out. So I was like, all right, cool. I'll yeah. do that. And then I'll go work out before we do the podcast Makes and stuff. Makes sense. Solid. So I came back over here. I sat down. I was kind of tinkering, playing some hot licks and stuff, fixing to make this video. And I hear a sound that, as irrational as this is, my first and only thought that I had is, is someone using a pressure washer in the hall? <laughs> Because it was the sound of extremely pressurized water spraying uh-huh. nonstop. Okay. And so yeah, I put my guitar down, and I was going to run out into the hall, because that's where I thought it was coming from. Realized it was coming from the bathroom. Ooh. The um The water line that hooks onto the bottom of the turlet tank, I guess just the fastener broke. Oh, no. Probably just because it got old. Same thing happened in our old house in the upstairs. Now, that was a nightmare. Oh, that fucking Just the bottom sucks. fixture broke. So... This fucking thing, man, like it had been running maybe about 10 seconds by the mm. time I got to it, and it was enough to start flooding the next bedroom over. Damn. It was coming out so hard, there was a mist in the air. Oh. It was like fucking pressure washing, dude, and that was 10 seconds worth, and we grabbed like every towel that we could and started oh, sopping everything man. up. I mean, thankfully, it's just clean water and stuff, yeah. obviously, but dude, if I'd have gone to work out, yeah, you would have come back to some damaged property. It would have been flooded. The shops downstairs yeah. under the apartment yeah. would have been flooded. It was coming yeah. out so fast, I couldn't fucking believe it. So, That's like, crazy. as soon as it happened, I wasn't even stressed. I was laughing. I was so happy because I was like, <laughs> I I'm it. so fucking I lucky. I caught it. Yeah. It would have been a goddamn disaster. <laughs> yeah. Just put in these, like, new hardwood floors and stuff. That shit would have been ruined. I mean, yeah, you got electronics and stuff in here. Yeah, definitely plenty. Would've... Yeah. Plenty of stuff in mm-hmm. here that is around the floor, like on my guitars yeah. and shit like that. That, God damn, dude. I'm seriously the luckiest person yeah. in the That's world awesome. that I happen to be here when that happens. So, whatever else goes on today, sunshine and fucking <laughs> roses, man. <laughs> Could awesome. have been a hell of a lot. Yeah. Worse. What have you been up to this week? Oh man, just uh, working out, uh, prepping for the the upcoming. Well, at the point that this comes out, last week's meetup. Oh, in yeah. the future past. In the future past, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we're we're gonna have some good old times. We've had to adjust some stuff because of uh, you know, COVID. the big C. Yeah. Making a comeback. Always making a comeback. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So we've adjusted some stuff, but still, we're going to have a great time. Cut the music. Oh, what a rush. (laughs) (laughs) You guys know who it is. It's me, future Uncle Ben. And me, future Hollywood Steve. We're reporting back from the future, and I'll tell you what. These two dumbasses on this podcast... They're hunky, and they sound happy, Mm -hmm. but they don't even know how happy they're going to be. That's right. After we have ourselves our dead and lovely meet up in 20 and 21 in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're interrupting our own episode because this is the first time we've gotten together post-meetup. Yep. And we could have put it on next week's episode. But let's talk about this so that everybody who just had all these great feelings this weekend can feel them again. Can feel them again. Just let them do it. It's awesome. I'm telling you, we just had 
a damn fun time. And we had a the damn time. fun time. <laughs> and I'm sure we'll do another one. Take it, Steve. Yes, I swear. We're both males in this version. It's the truth. <laughs> and I owe it all to you guys and girls. Yeah. So, let Dude. Me, yeah. What let, a time. So let me just give a little rundown of what happened. What the fuck happened? What happened? So on Thursday, some of the lovely Screaming Chat folks, John and Laura Latour, um, uh, Corey and her husband Keo, Lori Del Nero and Anna Martin all showed up. All the cool kids. And so we went and we had us a little bit of Yassine's. Woo, love at Yassine. We dropped, uh, we, we ate some food, and we, we went and got some cocktails. Did everybody like Yassine's, by the way? Everybody loved How it, How could man. you not I love Yassine's? I, th- I don't know for sure. Everybody ate their food. So, All right. Yeah. What kind of cocktails did you guys get? Where'd you go? Oh, fuck. What was that place called? It's the one that plays old movies. Old movies. Yeah, it's a new one, Kate said. The top the top tube. The top tube. The top tube we were at. Anyway, um, we we sat outside at Yassine's. We sat outside there, had some cocktails. Um, It was hot as balls. Oh, my fucking God, dude. And it would not let up all weekend. We planned this meetup date, I mean, months and months and months and months and months ago, because it was like, I have one weekend where I don't have a show. Turned out I have a fucking guitar camp. Right, yeah, so you you couldn't show up on Thursday because you had guitar camp. And then Saturday you had guitar camp, but you still showed up. For a little movie and some food. Anyway. But dude, I'll, I'll tell you this. In my defense. You had work? Yeah. <laughs> in my defense. I, yeah, I was playing at Andy Wood's Woodshed Guitar Experience right. in Crossville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Listen, if anybody's judging me for holding out on my dead and lovelies, yeah. I just want to put this out there. I don't think they are, though. If you've got the opportunity to get on stage uh-huh. and play Chattahoochee with the guy that played Chattahoochee, Brent oh, Mason. Oh, for real? Yeah. Okay. Are you not going to do that? Obviously. You're going to no do No one blames it. you. <laughs> uh, you didn't miss much, honestly. I mean, you missed some some camaraderie times. And I stuff. missed a lot of heat because when we you planned this so long ago, heat. we yeah. didn't know that we would be meeting up in like, well, for one, that COVID would be worse than ever. Yeah. So we need to be outside. Yeah. But also that it would that, be like the hottest summer in recorded history. We had, Yeah, we had to adjust the plans. I mean, originally I had planned we were going to go up to Gatlinburg, and that is just a cesspool of My disease. My God, so scum and villainy. Instead, on Friday morning, we went to Big Ridge State Park, which big is... Big Dick State Park. That's right, which is out in Maynardville. It's got that Big Even Ridge energy. than Maynardville. Woo, Maynardville. Yeah. They mention that in Inglorious Bastards. They do. Maynardville, That's Tennessee. Right. So it, it's, out, it's out in the middle of nowhere. We got out there. Nobody there. It's perfect. We got a whole state park basically to ourselves. Is this when you guys filmed that snuff film? Yeah. We killed somebody. It was Fuck fun. yeah, man. Yeah. We'll release that on YouTube soon. That's a Patreon exclusive. Uh, that's Patreon you exclusive. You got to pay for that <laughs> shit, y'all. One dollar, you get it. Um, so, fun little fact. I, uh, Emily and I got to the meetup spot at like 9.30 and everybody was like, all right, we'll get some breakfast on the way, etc. And... My dumbass 
forgets the idea of breakfast on the way. <laughs> What's breakfast? And we're like maybe four miles away. And Anna says, so is there like breakfast there? And I was like, oh, fuck. No, <laughs> it's the middle of nowhere. Got so, forage, baby. Just yeah. fucking uh, acorns and, and mushrooms. Well, we I dropped them off and Emily and I get back in the car and drove 11 miles to Bojangles. Bojangles. Yeah, got some biscuits, came back. Anyway. You'd we, be a bad hobbit, dude. You could never fucking be exactly. a hobbit. Exactly. I Forget, would fail at you it. You forgot breakfast? I know. Well, I don't normally eat breakfast. That's the thing. Anyway. So we went we went on a hike. I took him out to the graveyard where I heard a potential ghost. A haint? Yeah. A booger. Um, it was fun. Also, because it was so humid, there were mushrooms everywhere. All right. Which was really cool because there are like so many different species of mushrooms and they're really colorful and whatnot. Anyway, after that, we went swimming in the lake. Oh, a little Again, swimming hole, huh? Yeah. Nice. Nobody there but us, really. I probably felt great. It was nice. It yeah. was very nice. Anyway, we, we hung out. Then we came back, got ready for the meetup. And that's been when you showed up and when shit got wild. The return of the king. The return of the king. The return, dude. I'll tell you what, man. When I walked in, I was not expecting everybody to already just be fucking knee-deep in conversation because everybody already knows each other yeah. and everybody's friends with each other. The only thing missing is... They'd never met in person. Right. So all the people basically were from the screaming chat, except for a, a couple of people who showed up. They were all from the screaming chat. We've been hanging out all year, but even plus, year plus. Yeah. And some of us, I mean, because it's been going three years, uh, the Latours have been involved since the beginning. Oh, yeah. They supported the show. Yeah. Fucking uh, ever, Lori Del Nero has been around for a long time. Like all, all the people who showed up, though, have been building a friendship for a long time it was just the first time they finally got to meet and it was instant yeah. like everybody was like just click Fuck yes just pick right awesome. up man yeah and dude like honestly man whenever we've done meetups in the past obviously we didn't do any last year right but whenever yeah. we've done meetups in the past it's just like yeah we got a couple of Knoxville friends that listen to the show come in have a beer roger right. comes in has sure. a beer and stuff like uh, that ryan garns came up from yeah. georgia but you know n nothing from super far away dude i'm talking like People from fucking Dallas. People from Wisconsin. <laughs> New Jersey. New Jersey. Ma Massachusetts. Yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Uh, uh, Barbara came in from Tampa Bay. What yeah. the shit, man? Like, people went way out of their way to hang out with us. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's not just to hang out with us. It's to hang out hang with out the with other lovers. They're fucking yeah. friends. Mm -hmm. That means so fucking much to me. Yeah. It was awesome. It, it was, was just, awesome. It was amazing. And it's honestly, too, man, it like... It makes me feel like we must be doing something right, that these are the people that, think so. that we're attracting. Yeah, because yeah. they're, they're good people. Yeah. Yeah, we, we've brought in good people into our audience, which you, you don't get to choose that. No, you don't. But I, I, we must put off the right vibe. <laughs> something is going on right there, man, because yeah. it really is just one of those things where we have built a little community of, I think, like very like-minded and very fun people yeah. in a lot of different demographics and stuff. That just get along and have a good time. Yeah, we and it's amazing. Man, we 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 hung out outside at Merchants of Beer. We uh, had our own little corner at Postmodern. We had hilariously large buttons. We <laughs> <laughs> whenever we we ordered some merch because I was like, man, we need to give these people something. They're coming all the way in. We need some yeah. merch to give away or something like and, that. Yeah, and I wanted to get patches because a, a bunch of people in the screaming chat said they wanted patches, yeah. but we we couldn't guarantee we'd get them on time. So. Yep. Buttons, next best thing, and then... I was kind of thinking they'd be like the little... Like, yeah, you know, that's like, what I... 
<laughs> the little tiny, like nickel sized ones? No, they're the big four inches. <laughs> the ones you get at like a cancer walk yeah. or something. And like that maybe I, you say like I like Ike on them or something yeah, like that. When I picked them up from the, the printer, uh Emily like looked in the box and she was like, Are there like different sizes? And I was like, Huh? Huh? <laughs> what do you mean? And then when Just I l- started looking at it, I was like, oh, geez. It's like as big as the palm of my hand. Yeah, dude. And so, like, I know that this was probably in some fine print that oh, yeah, definitely. we just didn't read. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is definitely why next time we just need to have Kate be in charge of yeah, this stuff. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. Wow. Yeah, because... I'm terrible at this. I, my, my plan was MOB, then Postmodern. I did not realize Postmodern closed at 10. At 10, yeah. So... I think they used to be open later, but yeah. Yeah. COVID. So, yeah, so at 10... Uh, or at 9.30, they told us, like, you know, last call, et cetera. And I was like, fuck, what are we going to do? Went to Kate. Kate was like, I got it. I got she called over shit. to uh, Barley's, Barley's, got us a, a, a table outdoors. We got to sit out on the patio and just chill the rest of the night until late. Way into the wee hours of yeah. the night right there, man. It was awesome. And, dude, everybody, again, was just having such a fucking great time. Yeah. It made me so happy to see. Cause, me like, too. Honestly, it very easily could have been one of those things where it's just like, and again, maybe my perceptions of things are just radically off. Right. But it would have been really rough if it was just like, everybody waits for a turn to get to talk to me or you. Oh, yeah. Like, we're the stars or some bullshit. And it's like, no, yeah. that's that. That's not the point of this hangout at all. So, uh, a lot of people did talk <laughs> to me a, a good bit about how much they love the show and how much it means Hell to yeah, them. Hell yeah, me too, man. Which uh, uh, made shit. me cry a few times. Dude, I yep. know, man. Because the thing is, is like, there's other podcasts and stuff that I listen to that have been a beacon of just like fun and relaxation and yeah. just a way to turn my mind off during yeah. during my dark times and stuff. For real. <laughs> um, I've talked many times about our friends on the Sailor Satan podcast and like I got into their show when I was in a really bad depressive phase. Right. It was just not going away. It just went and went and went. And, uh, you know, just getting to hang out with them and listen to their show. I say hang out with me. You know how it is. Podcast yeah. hangout. You with feel them. like you're hanging out. Yeah. yeah. You just sit in on the conversations and have a good time and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that really did a lot for me. Yeah. And I got it from many other people that this show has been the same thing for them, where they're just like, oh, yeah, no, this really helped me get through some dark times and shit. Which is awesome. Holy crap, man. Yeah. Like, that's exactly <laughs> what I want to do. Yes. That is exactly what we wanted out of the podcast, especially going into the pandemic. Like, that's why we kept making it every week. I know, Doing man. everything we could to make sure we got stuff Even out. long range, long yep. distance and stuff, yep. man. Because people need something to have fucking fun with during dark times and yeah it's still very dark times no it matter who you still are very dark times yeah and uh yeah so you know friday night went great and then uh, you know a lot of the people went back home uh but saturday morning we did get to meet up have some burgers uh go watch Candyman in a completely empty theater which yeah. was like fortuitous uh-huh stay tuned for a Candyman mini so yeah coming we out a little mini so uh, on that uh, tomorrow, I guess I'll be releasing it Thursday. I tomorrow, assume. the future yeah. in the past. Yeah, tomorrow, the future in the past. Um, and we also, you know, uh, had some, we went to uh, Kaizen, which I've never been to. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you guys did, didn't you? And we got to sit outside there. Good and shit, right? Fucking awesome. What'd you have? I had. They had a special. It was a, a grouper green curry I with saw ramen. That on the specials was it like good? ramen noodles. It was so good. Hell yeah. Yeah, man. I I like. I had to stop myself because like, okay. We drank on Thursday night. We drank an insane amount on Friday, and we started drinking on Saturday as well. And it's important to note, drinking 
that much is hard enough, but also doing that in like boiling hundred degree heat. So fucking hot. I couldn't drink enough water. Yeah. I could not drink enough water, dude. I could. And and so like, yeah, I could, I I was eating it and getting like so sweaty and stuff and just loving it. But I had to like set it aside because I was like, I'm going to (laughs) die. Surely I shall perish, man. And then Cape Medicine took us to the turn club where we hung out on their back patio. Have a tiki drink. Had tiki drinks. And man, they were great. I had Uh, an El Diablo. Oh, it's so good. Delicious. The mezcal and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh, so good. Did everybody else like Turn Club? Oh, yeah. Everybody loved it. I so, wish could have been there. That, that's when I was Chattahoochin. Chattahoochin. And I'll also add to, man, just as a side note, and um, I think a couple of people know about this, but I won't divulge the details and stuff because they're not really mine to give. But this was also so fucking good for me. And this meant so much for me and did so much good for my mental and emotional health because Friday night. While I was at guitar camp, I got a phone call uh, with some very fucking not good news. Some yeah. very, very, very bad news that I'm sure I'll talk about in the future, but it's not really sure. mine to dispel right okay. now. I'm okay. My wife is okay. But I just got some bad news and stuff that was well, really weighing very heavy on my heart. I want to talk about the MVP of the meetup, uh, and I think that's my wife. My wife? Uh, uh? My wife, who... Um, what, what is that uh, uh, Ginger Rogers did everything Fred Astaire did, but backwards and in heels? Right. That, that was my wife <laughs> because she was there for every single thing I was doing, but she also was dealing with my dog, Salem, uh, the entire time because m- my dog has uh, extreme ang- like separation anxiety, right. and, and we were gone all like from morning to, to night, Thursday to, to Sunday yeah, Friday. Saturday, sorry. Uh, <laughs> what but she also got bad news yeah. uh, on Friday, like right before the actual meetup itself. And it was one of those things where like, uh, you know, she she couldn't even go to the hospital if she wanted to, to, mm-hmm. to go see uh, her. Her dad was in the hospital. She couldn't even go to the hospital to go see him because of their like the COVID situation yeah. and restrictions on visitors. So it was like her mom was basically just like, no, just like have a good time. They're going to run tests, et cetera. And luckily, tests came back good. Things things are looking up, et cetera. But uh, yeah, you know, she did absolutely everything with us, dealt with a dog, dealt with that news, et cetera. And still the entire time was super awesome. Badass. Super supportive. Yep. Uh, Kate couldn't have done this without Kate for way sure. Way to go, wives. Yeah. Way to go, our wives. I'm for like, real. I'm really terrible at doing things that aren't just like making the thing. Yes. Like, I just want to I make the, the yeah. thing. Like, yeah. planning Show the up thing, and make the thing. Uh-uh. Yeah. All the logistics around the thing? No. Yeah. I just was, want to do the thing. Yeah. I, I had been stressing on that. So I was, I was super stressed on like Friday morning and throughout the day, even though. Uh, the people we were hanging with were awesome. Hell yeah. They, you know, they wouldn't have cared what we did. They just wanted to hang out. So, uh, but yeah, super stressed because like all the plans and stuff. And of course the worry of like, uh, is everybody going to make it here on time and okay? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm an anxiety person. And so I had a ton of anxiety, but it all <laughs> fucking just worked out. It yep. was perfect. And I loved it. And we're definitely going to do it again next year. 
Yeah. It'll probably be in the fall. I definitely want it to be in the fall. When it'll only be like 80 degrees. That'll be so much nicer. <laughs> Instead of, it was 97 fucking degrees. And humid as and balls. Humid as balls. It was so. Holy and shit. Like, and nobody was complaining. No, though. nobody cared. Nobody gave a shit. Nope. It was so awesome. It was so, awesome, man. Yeah. Meetup went amazing it did so much good for me so thank you guys so much for being there um in my in my my dire times really did a lot for me to keep yeah. me leveled out i'm glad without having to break up any you know bubble, yeah. bubble levels and uh consume the fluid <laughs> inside of them to get leveled out yeah you guys naturally leveled me out <laughs> and uh I, I appreciate that more than you know and we also have to give like a gigantic mega ultra fucking 40 ounce thank you to our man don oh yeah for providing the most unrealistic and hilarious amount of beer to it's us. It's insane. We have so much beer. It's actually unbelievable. And Roger gave us beer. But, like, Don gave us so much beer. It's insane. We will not be running out of beer anytime soon. It's going to be comical. Like, it's yeah. going to become, like, a running joke on the show. Because, no joke, like, probably yeah. a year from now, yeah. we're going to crack open a can and be like, this one comes to us from Don. please. <laughs> Don, again. Don's a good dude. Unless Man. we get, like, wraith drunk every yeah. episode, then we can go through them pretty fast. Don will have to tell the story of what happened to him Saturday morning. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> on Facebook or something. Just go ahead and drop that. He Don. had he had quite a time. He yeah. made some memories and stuff but dude the amount of beer and stuff that that guy dropped us is ridiculous it's gonna keep us drunk for a good long time (laughs) thank you so much man that's above and beyond what you needed to do for us and it really really does mean a fucking ton to us man all of you guys all are welcome all are welcome fucking love the shit out of you guys and just the family and community that that we've created yeah I mean, you know, usually on Fridays and stuff like that, I'm, I'm fucking playing shows and stuff like that, so I miss out on the streaming chat. It's so fine. This Everybody might be, still loves you. Aw, <laughs> just the same. This might be more of a surprise to me than it is to you, because you're always Definitely. different Discord yeah. chats. No, I, 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 I had a list of 16 people I knew would be there come hell or high water, basically, yeah. and 15 of those 16 people were there. And the only person who wasn't there was not there because of an emergency with her dog. Oh, man. So, and, and then people showed up who, honestly, I've never interacted with before. Rialdo was there. Yeah. She drove in from Dallas Fucking by herself. Dallas. And, like, such a fun person. Oh, and then my showed God. up on it's the ice cream Sunday. Hilarious. Just, yeah, everybody is... Just, we love you. Thank you for being a part of this. And for thank you for real. helping uh, us uh, improving my my entire outlook on life honestly like it was Same. the best time i've had in a while yeah dude yeah. for real man thank you guys so much uh next year too we'll plan it around a time that i can be there for literally the entire thing yeah we'll fix and that hopefully not yeah. or we'll that or out. you know maybe there's a skank banger show and everybody can go yeah i mean that's that's what the first meetup was based around and yeah. that one was also awesome <laughs> some memories there. people there were some awesome memories oh yeah oh yeah so maybe we'll, we'll figure out something like that but yeah it'll definitely happen again because i gotta see you people and hang out with you again hell yeah many 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 thanks to you guys seriously that was fucking amazing now back to the past. The past. The past. The past. The past. Just been prepping that and working out, and uh, I uh, hit a goal of mine working out. A lot of you're not gonna care, but I deadlifted 405 pounds. That's ridiculous. That's yeah. so fucking much. It's a whole bunch, but uh, my goal is 450. Why? 
uh, double my own body weight. Jesus Christ, yeah. though. I want to be able to lift two of me. Like, what if two of me were hanging off a cliff? Somebody's going to have to make a choice. Not this you guy. Mean, I didn't I'm know I was part of a triplet team. I've got this. Uh, I've deadlift both of you. <laughs> here's the thing. is like, what if your twins, your... Are they called twins? Your triplets? Triplets, What yeah. if your clones... <laughs> your clones, that's they've it. They've not even been working out, so you don't even recognize them. Oh, What if you damn. look down at them and they're hanging off of the cliff and you're like, you guys aren't in fucking shape. Take care of yourself. You can look like me. Start kicking their fingers. Yeah, exactly. That's why you should start training your finger kicking in the gym. Work on little tiny kicks and stomps. Well, I was trying... Okay, so somebody... Inferior. Somebody in the Dead and Lovely posted something about um, uh, Patrick Wilson deadlifting... 400 pounds or something mm -hmm, yeah, yeah i thought i thought he had deadlifted 400 pounds so i was like well i'm gonna beat him uh makes sense and i i deadlifted 405 and then i went and looked at his post he deadlifted 425 five times so he's much stronger than me but i will beat him hell yeah you're gonna beat him mm -hmm. also why didn't he do 420 that would have been so much it cooler. may have been 420 yeah probably was Smoke him up. blaze it <laughs> in that case He's pretty fucking cool and he very is pretty strong. Cool. But if if I do lift more weight than him, then I become the conjuring. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how it works. Mm -hmm. You get like the belt. Yep. Fuck yeah. Pretty cool. I don't know though. I'd kind of miss you if you were in like a shitty series that then I on my now solo <laughs> horror movie podcast had to talk shit about. Oh no no, I'd still do the podcast. No, actually, Patrick Wilson would have to do the podcast. Oh, he'd come that's in the here rule. So you'd probably get more listens. Does he got any game on that mic though? I bet he does. I bet he does. He seems charming as hell. He might be. Yeah. I might be just too distracted by how hunky he He's is. He's a hunk. Plus, he'd probably be like lifting me the whole time. The whole time, yeah. But he, you wouldn't be able to tell by his voice because it would be easy for him. Yeah, it'd be effortless, right? Uh, whatever. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, wait. You could hear that. That I was going, uh, uh, uh. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it'd be a very boring podcast. It's an audio format show, so if you didn't make the noise, <laughs> people wouldn't know you were doing it. So. That's a good point. So he would do that just to let you know. Yeah. I am doing it. I am lifting him now. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. every 10 seconds, he would yeah. be constantly going like, still lifting him. Yeah. It'd get really old. You'd get some bad reviews on Apple Podcasts. Stuff. I can imagine. Too many reminders that he was lifting Ben. Patrick Wilson keeps lifting that other guy. What's up? I don't think he likes it very much. Politics are shitty on this. Yeah, also that, right? <laughs> Patrick Wilson said something about getting a, a COVID shot or something. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. You eat horse dewormer, you son of a bitch. That's what you need. You fucking sheep. Take this livestock dewormer or what the fuck ever. Y'all are the sheep, not me. I take this <laughs> oh sheep dewormer. God, dude. Holy fucking shit. What fucking reality are we in right now, the, man? Uh, it's, it is definitely the darkest timeline from I community. Think so. So. I think so, mm -hmm. man. Hell, while we're on this train, let me go ahead and bring this up. I had a great idea for something that Let's I want to have. One day I'm going to open a Mexican restaurant, an authentic Mexican <laughs> okay. restaurant. I'm going to have a secret item on the menu. Uh-huh. It's called the Margarita. <laughs> okay? What is it? Uh-huh. So to order the Margarita, a customer has to demand a margarita and that the restaurant's going to pay for it. <laughs> but then, actually, everyone else in the restaurant gets charged, like, an additional fee, and they pay for it. Oh, it's okay. the Margarita. It's the Margarita. Yeah. So... Basically, you could come in and screw a bunch of people over. Oh, that's pretty MAGA, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Make yeah. them pay for it. It's a good theme. I don't know how well the restaurant will do. <laughs> that's why it's a secret item, right? Oh, okay. And it's my restaurant, so every time it happens, I kind of laugh a little bit. <laughs> and then pee in it. Yeah, probably. Also. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. 
damn man so you're hitting them weight goals yeah. good on you man yeah i'm finally I'm, I'm finally getting where i'm trying to go which is uh to monster stats to hunky town mm-hmm. won't you take me to hunky town mm-hmm. mm. i will it's a good place to go to <laughs> you've been watching anything i've been watching a lot of things would you watch Okay, so I'm going to uh, catch some people up on some stuff I've been watching for a period of time. Okay. One is the DC Animated Movie Universe. DC Animated Movie Universe. Yes. Now, how does that stack up to a Snyderverse? There's no way it's oh as bad. Oh, my God. Okay, so it's it's 15 movies, about 70 to 90 minutes long. Damn. What? It, it does about a million times more storytelling than any Zack Snyder movie. Because <laughs> their story, maybe? Yeah. Oh, they have and, stories. And you, like, care about the characters and stuff. And that makes it better? And it introduces, like, a bunch of more obscure characters, too. No, so no, no, dude. People want only the A-list <laughs> characters yeah. with no joy or charisma None whatsoever to make you like them. You already like them. Right. You're going in a theater, you already like Superman. You, you already to. like Wonder Woman. You already like it's Batman. It's the rule. Yeah, it's boring to make you like them. Yeah, in fact, we should try to make you hate them. Yeah, that's something and new. And then be like, that's on you, bro. And new is creative. <laughs> yep, new means creative. By definition. Uh, the, so the DC Animated Movie Universe is based off the new 52 series okay. that you know ran for about a decade, I guess, mm-hmm. kind of recently. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of streamlines a lot of the stories and, uh, and stuff, but you're getting... The major stories of like uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Uh, you got you know uh, one focusing on Aquaman. You also get uh, Justice League Dark, so you get to see Constantine and Zatanna and demons, Sick. and it's PG thirteen to R rated shit. No kidding. Yeah, it is not. It, it's it's still dark. It sounds awesome. D- yeah, it's still DC. It's still adult. But it's fun and enjoyable, and I've, I've been in, I've been I'm like twelve movies in, so I've been watching it for like a month or so. And each time I finish one, I'm like, I could start the next one immediately. Like really? I just want to see more of this. So those what are, are they, fun. what are they on? Uh, the the HBO Max. Oh, because they shit. have all the they have all DC stuff. So I can watch them. Yeah, nice yeah. man. How's the voice cast? Anybody cool in there? Yeah, it's great. I mean. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not your traditional, uh, like, uh, Kevin Conroy Batman or anything, but still good Batman. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a good voice cast. I definitely, I really enjoyed the Justice League Dark, uh, Constantine, City of Angels, or City of Demons. Th- those were those were really fun because they're super dark. The Suicide Squad one is also super dark and, and fun. Nice. Yeah, so, like. Yeah, I, I I'd highly recommend it. You you'll need to look up a list of DC because there are like a ton of DC animated movies that have come out while these are coming out that are unrelated. They're just because that's how DC does. <laughs> yeah. DC's like we'll have fifteen different versions always going. Make the shit. Yeah, it's the motto. <laughs> um, I also have uh, this week watched Jacob's Wife, which is a vampire movie that's on Shutter that's starring Barbara Crampton. Oh, and sounds promising. It does sound promising, and it has its moments, and it's worth a watch. But it tonally really takes a while to get going because, okay. like, for the first say fifteen, twenty minutes. You don't realize what you're watching is a dark comedy. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But once you get it, it's like, oh, okay, this is kind of funny. I get it. But like, it, it's a little too serious up top for it to for the you to know where it's going. Mm-hmm. But it also has some really cool like vampire stuff and and like marriage stuff and it, it's it's a more personal vampire tale. I liked it. That sounds cool. Is yeah. it new or old? It's new. Yeah, it just hit Shutter. I think it just came out like the end of last year, or earlier this year. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, that that one's worth watching. We watched um, a movie called Cannibal Women in the Avocado Jungle of Death. Well, that sounds like something. It stars uh, Adrian Barbeau. Okay, awesome. Yeah, it's got Bill Maher. No. Less awesome, but he's in it. <laughs> um, Why? I had never heard of this. Sounds like a trauma movie. It, it sounds that way, but it's actually, it, and it kind of is probably in that vein, but it's it's actually funny. Huh. Like, it's a critique of feminism, kind of, but it's all, it's more of a critique of critiques of feminism. <laughs> it's a bit, yeah, it's pretty satirical, but also knowing Bill Maher, it's like, I bet he didn't know he was joking. Oh uh, well, yeah. He's just kind of saying some Bill Maher shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there, there was a line like because they're talking about having to get avocados from South America before the Russians get them, and they <laughs> there's like a line where a guy said like, uh, Gorbachev's gonna be crying over his taquitos. <laughs> and I was just like, that's genius. That's really funny. Having been to Russia, what do Russians do with an avocado anyway? That you can't really get avocado in Russia, but I went to a Mexican restaurant in uh, Kurgan, Russia, called um, Cactus. Okay. And I guess whoever like came up with the menu and the recipes had a pretty good concept of Mexican food, even though they couldn't get all the ingredients. It's pretty solid. Hmm. Yeah. They even had napales. Like, like. Look out. Yeah. So. Getting authentico. Yeah, some good stuff. But, uh, you know, again, they didn't couldn't get guacamole. The salsa was very Russian. Yeah. <laughs> it was cold and full of vodka. The salsa was just a <laughs> bowl of vodka. Yeah. yeah. Just like, here you go, comrade. <laughs> As so, they say. I do, re- I do recommend that, though, if you ever are just looking for a, a weird little 80s comedy thing. Oh, I thought you meant the bowl of vodka to dip chips in. I do recommend a bowl of vodka to dip chips in. Just just try it out. Uh, And on Sunday, we watched Sleepwalkers. It's a Stephen King movie that is definitely from his cocaine period. No. It's about cat people. Cat people, you say. And the mom cat person and the son cat person fuck each other. I don't like how this is sounding, personally. And that is in no way relevant to the plot they just do it these sound like some stephen king cocaine decisions yeah Mm -hmm. it's got a lot of cats in it okay so if you like cats check it out (laughs) like incest you'll love it you're gonna be be into it totally into it yeah it's it's uh that doesn't sound good no i also have been watching hellraisers which we'll talk about when we talk about the movie we're talking about but it is i've now uh, I watched Hellraiser Hell World last night. So that's like part. I was going to say, which part is that? Or six? I don't don't know. know, Anyway, so I didn't even start at one and two. I started at three, went through four, five, and six, and I'm planning on finishing them. I've never seen. I like watching this movie, I realized I've never seen this movie. 
I've Oof. only seen one, two, and four before. So that's so weird that you skipped over this one. Well, I got lucky, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> dodged that bullet. <laughs> a couple of years ago, I think it was actually before we even started the show. Yeah, there was one Halloween where uh, Kate was working a bunch and stuff, and I had evenings to myself a lot, and I was just like, I'm gonna watch all the Hellraiser movies, mm-hmm. and I went through and I watched all of them, all of them that were out at that point. I think the the newest one. Yeah, that one came out like, like two years, years ago, ago or yeah. something like that, two or three years ago. That one wasn't out yet, but I watched through all of them and like, God damn, they suck so they really bad. Do. They really, really, really do. This franchise really needs someone to come in who fucking understands well, it. supposedly a remake like that has been announced for a while. Is I don't it going to help? <sighs> Have they could. Cast? Clive Barker is involved. Okay, well. And know. that is, I, I mean, because Clive Barker was involved with one and two, and then barely involved with this one, and then a little more involved with four. And I would say one, two, and yeah, four are the best easily ones. Easily the best ones, yeah, of so. course. I was thinking earlier, though, that if they did want to like remake it and recast a similar actor for Pinhead, mm-hmm. although, honestly, at this point, him and Doug Bradley are probably pretty comparable in terms of age, Yeah, I think Hugo Weaving would make a fucking oh, awesome man. Pinhead. You, yeah, absolutely. Right? Yes. I think yeah. he'd be killer. Yeah. I doubt he'd want to do it. I mean, he, he, like, he doesn't seem... I don't know who the fuck would want to step into this. Yeah, piss poor that's what I'm saying. Like man. he seems He's like he standards. chooses very like particular projects that seem to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So probably not, but it could be neat. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be interested to see it. Woof, man! All them Hellraisers ain't no good, man. Ain't An- no good. Nope. Another thing I've been watching that I haven't talked about. I've been watching it for over a month now. Okay. The AEW. Oh, All Elite Wrestling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dude. A million people have told me it is just kicking the shit out of everything else going on in pro wrestling yep. right now. Yeah, because I have been for the past year uh, trying to get into WWE, like the newer stuff. Yeah. And just, you know, finding positives, but m- overall not feeling it. And yeah. then I watched an AEW show and I was like, no, this is it. This is the feeling. It's obviously superior storytelling and writing. Like mm-hmm. and the production values are and the production nuts. values so much high. And, and they they do the thing that Vince McMahon has refused to do his entire career, which is listen to the fans. Right. Like when the fans like something, like they build on it. Sure, makes sense when you do it that way, doesn't it? Okay, so. Uh, th- since I've been started watching, Jericho's been doing these. Uh, what is it? Labors of Jericho. It's been called. Where That's he's so had, cool. Yeah, he's had to do these like real tough matches, including uh, a hardcore match against uh, Nick Gage. Oh, that Jesus Christ! Yeah. I started like digging some on that guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I watched this thing about um, CZW. It was yeah. like a Vice thing on CZW mm-hmm. that was on um, YouTube. Combat Zone Wrestling. Mm-hmm. And it's just like fucking on a farm, mm-hmm. just dude. It wasn't fun to watch. It no, was just, it's just brutal, brutal and disgusting. Bloody. Mm-hmm. Like these people are killing themselves yeah. and probably making like two hundred bucks. Right, exactly. You can't fucking sustain <laughs> that shit, man. No. You can't do that. Uh, but so, just Nick Gage, dude. Woof. Like from the first time I saw it, uh, I saw Jericho come out. I was like, fuck. I could never go to an AEW show. Because apparently you have to know all the lyrics to Chris Jericho's okay, song. Dude. Because when he comes out, everybody's singing it. Josh 
showed me a video of like I guess in one of these matches he couldn't come well, out. This to is his what own I'm music. building to. What yes. the fuck? Okay, so Derek, this is amazing storytelling. This is Jericho, obviously all over it because he's a genius when it comes to wrestling, not politics, but wrestling. <laughs> uh, he he obviously caught on to people singing his lyrics and he was like i bet you i could go out without my music on it all and they will sing the fucking song and i will be the biggest goddamn thing of the night yep and he did and, and he, he fucking did it and it's amazing because everybody's singing his fucking song it's like, absurd yeah it's like the shit that you see whenever you see like iron maiden playing in brazil and yeah. the crowd is screaming all the lyrics yeah it's that level of intensity yeah. in a fucking wrestling arena. And that that is just like just amazing storytelling that I, I mean, you haven't seen in WWE since like I mean Stone Cold Jericho days like yeah, yeah. back in the late 90s early 2000s like you just don't get that anymore. But AEW's doing that with so many other things. I mean, and they got just like they got little touches that I like like they include like their recent win loss record when they like bring out a wrestler or a tag team that's cool it's cool because it like helps you to build a story like oh these people are winning so like they're probably going for the title like you you come in because i again i didn't know anything about the storylines it's like oh i see this person is probably like being pushed because they have a good win loss record so yeah. you kind of catch it pretty immediately yeah and if you're a person like me that just drops in every now yeah. and then it kind of helps you stay caught yeah. up but you know these kinds of things are just what happens when you have Somebody who is an A-level wrestler yeah. running a wrestling promotion. Yeah. And, and also, that's why you get all the stars in your fucking lineup. Like, yeah. the amount of wrestlers that are over there that are, like, huge names is insane because they know they're going to be treated well, I guess. Yeah. You got, I mean, if you don't know anything about Kenny Omega and just what he's done, yeah. I, I'd check out some of his matches. He's, man, he is an absolute dynamite storyteller in the ring and an amazing wrestler in general. Now that I think about it, I don't know how this is happening because I think it was when we did Hellraiser 2. Yeah. Our preview palace segment was like all about old school tag teams. Yes. Because we said that the Cenobites kind of <laughs> look like a tag team wrestling okay. team. So we spent like an hour on that episode talking about <laughs> wrestling. Here we are again. Well, another thing about AEW that was super awesome was that CM Punk, uh, premiered on AEW Rampage Sunday and yeah. in Chicago where he's from badass man like, like again that's that's the type Stuff of thing where McMahon would overthink it and be like no no we can't do it in Chicago we can't we got to do it in uh, Peoria we'll do it in Peoria <laughs> and the people from Chicago will have to come to the Peoria show right yeah now just bring it to the people right bring it to the people <laughs> that are gonna appreciate and it give the them most. what they want give them what they fucking want man i'm glad to hear that this kicks ass because it's awesome yeah the other well day we got together uh with josh and brooke and we watched uh SummerSlam. okay it was not good i heard that it was really bad the yeah. matches they were not good and there yeah. was so much just like downtime and filler yeah in between matches that was just pointless it was really, really, really lame, man. Yeah. Like, there was, like, maybe one or two good matches. Like, there was, like, a Sheamus match that was pretty good. Yeah, Sheamus is good. But overall, it was just really shitty, man. I, it's Vince McMahon is dedicated to big guys. Yeah. The, the biggest guys in the promotion have to be the biggest guys. They have to be large. Mm -hmm. And so, then you got guys like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan and Chris Jericho, etc., who are far better wrestlers, far better at, at mic technique and stuff like that. Sure. 
people want to see them win. They don't care that it doesn't make sense that they can beat up a seven-foot-tall guy. <laughs> I did have an idea, though, because the uh, the headliner act was uh, a John Cena match. Oh, okay. And, you know, the thing that Cena and is The whole time pushing, you're like, what are we watching here? Yeah, where is he? I can't see him. Right? Because mm-hmm. that's his whole thing. You mm-hmm. can't see me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it got me to thinking, he should start his own, like, faction. Like, how we had, like, the NWO and stuff uh-huh. like that. He should have this whole faction of wrestlers that's all based on that idea. You can't see me, right? Okay. He should call it the Not See Party. (laughs) What do you think? Are you into it? (laughs) Not See Party. I mean, Cena's the perfect one for that. Yeah. He's just like like, probably Hitler's ideal, right? But yeah. And they all wear like armbands and stuff. Hitler. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're talking about like Nazis. No, right. no, I'm saying not see. Oh. You cannot see me. Not oh. see. So, huh. Unrelated, you're saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> That'd be horrific. <laughs> That'd be beyond the pale, Steve. Bad idea. Well, I'll tell you what. I'd like to have a co-beer in the name of good I would Razzling. like that as well. This is one that Josh and Brooke got me as part of my birthday, and it is the Speculoose. Cookie butter beer, Steve. Dude, I'm excited for this. It's from Trader Joe's, and it is apparently an imperial golden ale with toasted coconut, vanilla beans, and other natural flavors, including Trader Joe's cookie butter. Have you had the cookie butter? yes. And it's outstanding. So all I'm wondering is how... Okay, first of all, smell it. Smell the bottle. It's going to knock your fucking socks off because it smells amazing. Yeah, I... All I was thinking in my head is, like, is this going to be the best version of a cookie butter beer, or is this going to be the best version of beer that tastes like cookie butter? Like, is it just going to taste like cookie butter, or is this, like, going to have all the, the mouthfeel and stuff? Like, I wish it, it was crunchy. too light for that to me. What if it was, this was the crunchy variant, and I would it love just that. had crunchy bits of cookie butter in uh. there? Dude, that cookie butter shit, we have a jar of it in the pantry that's just totally made for, like, you know, you're not sober anymore. Right. Have a spoonful. Yeah, take a big spoonful of Yeah, this. before bed. You're going to need the energy oh, to sleep. It smells great. It really does. It smells, like, very kind of Christmassy. You got a lot of the cinnamon and stuff in there, maybe a little bit of that vanilla. What's that taste like? Is it good? You don't seem to be hating it. No, I love it. I think it, it is a beer that tastes like cookie butter. It's not really got the character of the cookie butter, but it's so fucking good. Dude, can you imagine having a cup of this by the fireside in front of a oh, Christmas tree? Oh, it'd be tree? great. Because it has, like, on the aftertaste, it has, an, like, an eggnoggy nutmeg yes. to it. A little bit of that. A little tiny bit. Yeah. Like, I'm I definitely it, getting the cinnamon. I'm definitely getting that biscotti cookie flavor. I think it couldn't hurt with some lactose feel to it. Like, uh, a little bit thicker. And that might have pushed lactose-y. it, like, just over the edge into yeah. insanity, right? Yes. That might be really it's good. It's so good. It's so drinkable, though. It is, man. That's a big old bomber bottle, too. I can't imagine drinking that whole thing by myself. Yeah, because it's like 9%. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it doesn't taste like it. Drunk and fucking fat by the time I finish that thing. <laughs> that's really nice. Yeah, that's also, awesome. Also, not boozy. In no. the least. No, that's that's dangerous. If the kids got into that. Look out. Mm-hmm. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> that's nice. I like that Christmas a lot, Christmas should be canceled. You know what Christmas has been tweeting recently? Oh, dude. Happy holidays. Oh, come off mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Canceled. Canceled. You can't be on the 
right wing comedy tour anymore. <laughs> Christmas. You might not be a redneck Christmas. John Cleese is pissed off at you, Christmas. <laughs> Damn, dude. <laughs> Man, I've uh, I've only watched a few things this week. I haven't had time to m- watch much anything. It's been a really fucking hectic yeah. week. We uh, kicked off part of our Halloween watching ceremonies, mm-hmm. as we often do by watching Paranorman. Okay. Awesome. Always great. I think I've talked about that for like four years straight now mm-hmm. on the podcast. But you know what? I'll quit watching when it stops being awesome. Hey, that's that's on you, Paranorman. Hey, that's if I on keep you. watching you, stop being awesome. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, always a fun one. Like that one a lot. We usually like kick off our scary yeah. movie season by watching that one. Little light, little fun. And uh, on your recommendation, I also watched that Spider-Man trailer. Oh boy, for that new Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I, and we're we're a, a week away from that. So, uh, you know, spoilers for the Spider-Man trailer. Right. Well, apparently, I guess somebody else spoiled it because there's like a, a cell phone video that leaked. Well, yeah, it leaked. And then, yeah, I guess it kind of pushed Sony's hand to go ahead and release it the next day, which was a good choice because the cell phone video that leaked, I would try to watch it and it looked like shit. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I, I don't I'm not going to finish this. So they just put the real thing out. Yeah, just put like, the real thing it. out. And I bet Tom Holland was stoked that he wasn't the one that leaked it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we looks like we're getting uh Green Goblin and Dr. Octopus back from Spider-Man with what's his name? Yeah, dude. So they're they're bringing in some of that multiverse, multiverse stuff. Action going I mean, on. we saw Dr. Strange in there. Apparently at one point in the trailer coming out of one of the portals, you see like the costumed web shooting hand yeah. of Tobey Maguire, that's Toby his name, Maguire, of like his it. Spider-Man costume yeah. and stuff. So we might get multiple Spider-Men. Yeah, that's um, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that's something that was kind of reported early that we might be getting, you know, uh, Andrew Garfield and, and Tobey Maguire. Yeah. And Which Tom even, Holland's still my favorite. Uh, so yeah, we're we're getting some of that mixture of the the Sony Spider-Mans, and I'm I'm assuming, you know, in Multiverse of Madness, we're gonna get. Deadpool and all those other things kind yes, of brought in. Yes, dude. I'm I'm interested to see how they do this. I mean, they they introduced all this obviously with the Loki and uh-huh. with WandaVision, like the idea that they'd be bringing these things in. So, I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm too. And the thing is is like in the past, I would say I am hopefully optimistic about this, but I'm not going to get my hopes up entirely. Mm-hmm. Actually, this time I'm just like, yeah, I know Marvel's going to kill it. Yeah, I'm kind of at a dangerous point. Like, I'm wondering if at some point here where I just have such faith in the MCU... That they'll screw it up. They're just going to yeah. fucking destroy it, and my heart is going to sink to the damn well, depths I, of hell. I mean, I think with, like, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, for me, it was like that... That was like, I just don't like this at all. And that was the first time with one of the MCU things where it was just like, I just can't get into this. And it was like, oh, well... Yeah. Loki's coming out. There's lots of other good shit. Yeah. So not worried about so, it. So yeah, may, maybe, but none of the movies have done that to me yet. There have been movies that have been not as as good as others, but none of them have been entirely disappointing. And I, I can't imagine, you got the same director from the first two Spider-Man, you got Tom Holland, and you got Benedict Cumberbatch. Like, and old I Zendaya. Think, oh, and Zendaya. Yeah, and, and like, you know, uh, Alfred Molina coming back as Doc Ock and oh stuff like that. Oh, my God, like, man. That's, yes. That's all cool. I, I can't imagine they'll mess it up. If they do, I'll still watch the next one. <laughs> I'll give them a mulligan. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited about it, man. Well, Steve, I'll tell you what. Hellraiser 3 yep. is a movie that is not good, 
Mm-hmm. And part of the reason why it's not good is because it introduces a whole lot of new <laughs> Xenobots. Yeah, the Xenobots. <laughs> that are just really fucking stupid. This movie was made in 1992, right? Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Came out in 92. And boy, howdy can you ever tell, mm-hmm. especially epitomized by the most 90s Cenobite you could ever dream up, CD, CD Cenobite. yeah. What's his, does he have a name? Is it like CD, CD Cenobite. It's CD Cenobite. Mm-hmm. God damn it, that's so lame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so fucking lame, man. It is. But the thing is, is that the 90s were full of other really stupid things that you could have made better Absolutely. Cenobites out of. Am I right? I mean, have you yeah. ever thought of any? Um, I've thought of a few, in fact. I've in thought fact, of I a got few. them in a list right here. Dude, I have mine available as well. Well, how about we go ahead and just sling ourselves into that preview palace? Welcome to the preview palace, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> wrong franchise. Wait, what? The wrong franchise. No, no, no. no. Uh-uh. <laughs> I didn't. I was like, this is not a pinhead voice. It's Kruger, bitch. Yes. Preview have such palace to show you. Right? Yeah. Preview have such palace to show you. Yeah, it's catchy. Yeah. Welcome to the Preview Palace. We're going to be giving you guys a rundown of the 90s Cenobites that could have been. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, this is possibly the most loosely planned Preview Palace that we've Yeah, I can't wait to see where had. this goes. Um, I think it was like one line really late at night. I just said to Steve, I was like, let's make our own 90s Cenobites. And, and you're also, like, think, yeah. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> That's about as far as the discussion went. <laughs> yeah. So I have a feeling this is going to be real loose. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how you took this project on okay. uh, versus how I took it on and stuff. Um, I have less than you, so why don't you just kick us off okay. with one of your 90 Cenobites that should have been in this movie. All right. Well, one of, uh, I sat down and I thought, what were cool things in the 90s? So, my first one, slap bracelet Cenobite. <laughs> the slap bracelet You like Cenobite. slap bracelets? <laughs> How about bracelets of barbed wire? Ooh, slap, 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 yeah, and they just wrap they just around. Wrap around, yeah. Ooh, then, this is you know, good. It, uh, I, you know, for whatever reason, either their skull or their throat is exposed. Oh, yeah, so usually. Because so many Cenobites are yeah. like that. Yeah. What would the nipples be like? Probably not there. Um. Torn yeah. Off. Oh, you know what? Pierced. Ooh, yeah. But like gauge barbells. So it's like just fucking thick ass barbells through That's there. That's cool. Yeah. Huh? And they're just slap braceleting the shit out of you, huh? Yeah, they, yeah, right in the wrists, so it, it cuts you, and then, uh, you know, maybe the character would then be accused of trying to commit suicide or something, and they'd be like, no, okay. it was the demons! That works, yeah. that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I have such slaps to bracelet you. <laughs> your, su- your suffering will be legendary, even in the mall. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. This yeah, really just is. writes itself, yes, man. It I'm, I'm coming up with ideas left and mm-hmm. right based on this concept. This is good. Okay. Um, how about this one, Ben? You know, uh, Soundgarden was a popular... Love them. Popular band. Love that band. Had a little song. Spoon Man! Come together with your hands. So this Cenobite... He he gets his head crushed in to a spoon shape. Oh, it's like concave. Like. Yeah, he's got a spoon head. Ooh. And he like scoops at your guts. Really? With his spoon head. With his spoon head. Yeah. Is he uh like flannel? How do you make leather flannel? He, that's yeah, the, that's it, a problem. It's leather flannel though. Yeah. Wow. We Is don't know like, how to do it, but we'll leave that to the effects guys. I think it's checkers <laughs> of black leather and, and yeah. brown leather. Brown leather, yeah. 
Black leather, brown leather, black leather, brown leather. Yeah, it's yeah, like a warm-up you know exercise, warm-up, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's good. I like where this is going. He's kind of a grungy sort of Seattle yeah, Cinnabite, of course he is. right? Yeah, he, Seattle bite. Of course he's like uh, at a grunge concert, and he's like, what's this box, bro? <laughs> and he opens it up. <laughs> and then like a, uh, maybe like a speaker falls on his head. That's it's what makes flat it and like concave. concaves his face, yeah. Mm. And he becomes Spoonhead. <laughs> I like where that's going. Mm-hmm. This is good, man. Let me dump one on you. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, mine are a little bit more like storylines. Okay. okay. In life, he was a wealthy therapist mm-hmm. who would spend his nights in the bars drinking and bragging about the so-called cures he put upon his mentally troubled patients. Uh-huh. He would go home and entertain his housekeeper as well as his father and brother okay. drinking expensive wines and laughing at the plebeians okay his obsession with growing to be the world's greatest psychologist meant his ego knew no boundaries let's hear about it one day he was walking to his office and a bum handed him the box the lament configuration and told him it would give him pleasures known beyond the earth okay He opened the box and became the world's greatest psychiatric torturer that the world has ever seen. He is Hell (laughs) Frazier. Sherry Niles. Right? Hell Frazier. Hell Frazier. I love it. I think 100% like, yeah, Hell Frazier. Like, he... Probably force feed you toss salad and scrambled eggs. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I have such salads to toss you. <laughs> I think it's good. Yeah, and I'll have you know I like that, that. Hell Frazier um, also beat out another possible one, but I couldn't come up with any good stories for Hell Riser, like Hell Paul Riser. Like Paul Riser. Because I was thinking 90s sitcoms and stuff, but I couldn't really come I'm up with anything. I'm mad about you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so yeah, Hell Frazier, that's a Cenobite you don't want to tangle with. All right, so, you know, <laughs> in part four and part five, they have uh, Cenobites that are either twisted together at the head or sewn together. In oh, some right, kind of conjoined. So I got a couple of those. I'll, I'll hit you with one. I'll wait for the other one here, but... The Wayne's World Grovelers. Oh, my God. So, the guys from Wayne's World, uh-huh. Wayne and Garth, run into Pinhead. And We're of course, not worthy. We're not worthy. Yes, exactly. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. No, you're not worthy. <sighs> and then he, like, merges them together in a groveling position. And they Extreme chase people. Yeah, they chase people doing the leprechaun face. <laughs> I'm the leprechaun. It's a it's a crossover kind of. They sound kind of fun to me, honestly. They do. And you know what? Legit, one thing that kept crossing my mind while we were watching this shitty movie is like the boiler room is basically the club from Wayne's World, right? It basically is. If Tia Carrera had come out, that would have honestly. Can you imagine if it's Ballroom Blitz universe. was blasting while everybody was getting killed? Yes, that would have been fucking awesome. It would have brought there are something ways good. This, to this movie could have been good. Oh my god, there's yeah. so many fucking ways, man. So yeah, maybe that's a little crossover universe. Yeah. 
What was the name of the club in Wayne's World? I can't remember. I can't remember either. It's been a while since I've seen it, honestly. But like it had the flaming thing outside yeah. and all that jazz too. It's totally yeah, it's the same very deal. similar. Mm-hmm. You know, I also had an idea for a conjoined twin okay. Cenobite as well from the nineties. Okay. A little bit later in the nineties though, right? Mm-hmm. In life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He wanted nothing more than to harvest as much money as he could humanly fit into his vaults. Mm -hmm. So he created a clothing line of stores that would infest every shopping mall with only the most odious of colognes and overpriced commodities. Okay. T-shirts for $50. (laughs) A tan cargo short that will set the normal person back $65. (laughs) His greed and his lust for money knew no boundaries, even in hell. <laughs> One day, as a bum couldn't pay for his newest uh, 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 shredded jeans <laughs> and always, cologne. It's always the homeless person who's just got the, always, always dude. got the Lambert configuration, always. right? <laughs> he offered to pay for his wares with the Lament configuration. Uh-huh. He took this home to his office where him and his assistant worked the configuration and opened it and unleashed pleasures of wealth not Mm -hmm. known on this planet. Yeah. And fused together to form the ultimate greed Cenobite, Abercrombie and Bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what I expected, but... Great. <laughs> I mean, because... The odious colognes should have given it away. Because I'm going to assume if Abercrombie and Bitch is there, then Tommy Hellfigure is there as well. <laughs> well there has to be Tommy Hellfigure. <laughs> that's what I thought God you were going. God damn, that's good. Tommy Hellfigure. Is- kind of mad uh- I didn't think about that. <laughs> Let's just fucking spin it, man. I mean, yeah, yeah Tommy Hellfigure. Yeah, he sells... Uh, just t-shirts and khakis that make you look like you just work at a place, but yeah. for some reason people wore them in the 90s. <laughs> and in in uh, Cinnabite world, his blazers are actually blazing and they're on fire <laughs> to make you suffer. Tommy Hellfigure. <laughs> That's good, man. Yeah. Abercrombie and bitch. Okay, and Tommy Hellfigure. Everybody's going to remember this from the 90s. I hope it's surge related. I oh, tried to man, think of one I and wish. I couldn't. I wish I had thought of something surge related. You may remember we had a little president named William Jefferson Clinton who I got do. himself in a bit of a spot of bother. Old Slick Willie, he was known as. Slick Willie. In the oral office. And, uh, you know, as children, we heard this on the news nightly reports of, say, a cum covered dress. Oh, my Lord of mercy. Yes. Or. Much like this Cenobite, a cigar in the pussy. (laughs) That is actually a very Clive Barker Uh thing. And it would fit right into this movie Mm -hmm. with its fucking oral fetish cigarette obsession. It would blend uh, right in. We'll talk about that. So cigar pussy. Cigar pussy, yeah. So I assume it's a Cenobite in sort of a blue leather thing (laughs) with a (laughs) semen stain on it. (laughs) I guess just... An open slit to yeah, let sure. you know, like cigar pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm picturing some, some like pelvic thrusting, like burning your eye out with the cigar or something like that. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> what is is this? <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh, god, Jesus. man! That's, all right, I've got one for you right here. 
Because we all know the 90s was really the rise of the video game empire. I spent Mm -hmm. so much of my childhood playing video games and stuff like that, that it got me thinking about, like, what if there was a child who in life Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) sought escape Uh from his tortured family life and the abuse that they rained upon him nightly yeah. by escaping into the world of interactive video games. Okay, this is very 90s, yep. Yeah, it's kind of like what, brain scan? Brain scan, yeah. Like that, Actually, brain scan and this reminded me of each other in yeah, some ways, bit. though brain scan is better, honestly. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> in life, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he wanted only to become one with the game and leave the world of flesh behind. Mm-hmm. So one time behind the GameStop, there was a bum, and he had the lament configuration. Oh, and obviously. Gave it to the kid. Anyway, <laughs> he goes home and opens the box, the ultimate game, and becomes one with a world of migraine-inducing, world of pain, 3D graphics of red wireframes yeah. on a black background. Uh-huh. And he inflicts his torturous migraine pain upon thee with... No end to the torture. All right. he is Virtual Boy. Virtual Boy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the worst The ever. worst console of yeah, all time, dude. Of all time. Do you ever play one of those things? No. No. Ha- well, What's I the have, fastest you've ever gotten a headache? I have played them on an emulator, but I can't imagine. Because it was like. Excruciating. Just, yeah. And it was red, too, right? It was fucking the most intense color your eyes mm-hmm. can perceive, and you're eyeballs were like three inches from the screen yeah so your eyes are focused really tight in 3d with the most intense color available (laughs) it's seriously like zero to migraine in five minutes (laughs) it's insane it sounds terrible virtual boy virtual boy all right let me tell you (laughs) about a guy who was playing a little street hockey that's right Ooh, very 90s he's in inline skates (laughs) and as he's knocking the little street ball around blading the ball gets lost. Oh no. Oh no. He goes looking for it. Oh, it fell into the sewer grate. He reaches down. A bum pulls hands out. Him. A bum. A, a homeless man is down there and he's like, You need this. Here, he's I have like, this. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Solves it. <laughs> of course, Pinhead is like, You skate around on your skates that are in a line. What if your skates were razors and your legs were in a line? Oh. So I guess his I guess his legs I guess his legs break like and, a monopod. Yeah, yeah. But they're also razors. Yeah. So he like just zooms around somehow. I get and it. And razors sure. you. Yeah. Listen, C D Cenobite was a thing. Get off my back. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> I can see him and Spoonhead totally fucking yes. hanging out. In, in Listening to Mud Honey. Gun. They would love mud, honey. I think that sounds great, man. What's his name? Is it like Razor Leg or something? Yeah, let's go with let's go with Razor Leg, yeah. Razor Blade. <laughs> That's him. Razor Blade Cenobite. We have such blades to roll you. <laughs> <laughs> He's also gotta be wearing like some spandex, some tight spandex. Very, very, very tight. But neon. Oh, hell yeah, yeah dude. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, I've got my last one let's right hear here. It. In life, <laughs> he, as a child, witnessed his father's blue jean empire grow to reaches not known in this realm. Oh, no. In his life, he grew to learn the pleasures of the pain his father would inflict on him after a hard day's work at the denim factory. Yeah. 
and he also grew to hate his father and killed him and inherited the Denim Empire. Obviously. His confusion and perversion of pain and denim and the synthesis of those two things knew no boundaries. Uh The legs had to be wider. The denim had to cover all of Earth and hell. (laughs) As a Cenobite, he would stop at nothing to cover them all Uh in wide-legged... Denim, Denim. For he is the Jinkonator. The Jinkonator. Yes. <laughs> he covers you in denim. You, you are smothered in denim. It's the world, suffocated. dude. Like his, his movie is uh, <laughs> Denim on Earth. Obviously. Or Hell on Denim. Denim mm-hmm. World. There's a Hell World. Yeah, Denim World. Yeah. Hell Denim World. <laughs> the Jinkonator, dude. The Jinkonator. Yeah. One of the 90s things that um, really shouldn't come back, and it is. Now, let me tell you then, finish it up here with my last twofer. <laughs> this is going very well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, obviously. People are, they are loving this. No <laughs> one is pressing 15 <laughs> seconds forward. Mm-mm, nope. Mm-mm, nope. <laughs> uh, so, there are these two, uh, two women. They're very vain. They're, they're uh, you know, clueless style Ooh, gals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super nice dressed up. They got rich daddies or whatever. And they're like. We want to buy something no one else can buy. And a homeless man, of course, is like, hey, guess what? You can buy this. And they're like, how much? And he's like, how much is your soul worth? And they're like, I don't know, whatever. And they take it. And then they both (laughs) open it together. (laughs) And when they open it, Pinhead comes out and he's like, "Mm, I see you like fashion. Do you like scrunchies? <laughs> oh. And then he takes a barbed wire scrunchie and cinches them both together oh, at the waist. Another fusion one. Yeah. Great. So now they're cinched together at the waist like a ponytail. Ooh. Yes, and you have to escape their never-ending desire for your fashion. So they Damn. want to basically rip your clothes off, but like not in a sexy way, in like a murder way. They probably peel the skin off, too. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do love yeah. you like, like oh, they love you. Oh, skin's great. This. I like that. Take that. Cinnabites don't normally talk. They do in this movie for they some do. reason. They do. They sure do, man. <laughs> but these scrunchy twins. They're very talky. Obviously, they're very talky. In life, they were talky. <laughs> in fact, Pinhead is constantly telling them to shut up. And please, like, please shut up. He's such a dick. Oh, my gosh. You're really talking far too much. We're supposed to be mysterious and Gag intimidating. Gag me with a spoon. Wait, no. That was the 80s. Spoonhead. Come here. <laughs> Gag them. <laughs> They have requested pain. (laughs) We have such spoons to gag you. (laughs) Oh, man. Get Amy Heckerling on a Hellraiser movie and we'll get the Scrunchy Twins. Just let us write a fucking Hellraiser movie. Yes, please. I mean, I'm sure. I guarantee it's just picking people off the street. After Surely. seeing several of them. Yeah, yeah. These are not accomplished filmmakers, no. writers, actors, directors, no. anything. It, anybody can do it, It's really. like, I see you got a script there. What if you threw Pinhead into it and it was a Hellraiser movie? I wonder if they just okay. walk around the fucking streets and they're like, oh, sir, I see you have a pen and some paper. Would you like to write a movie? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, what's it about? Uh, well, it's like, have you ever seen Hellraiser? No. That's fine. That's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Right, Hellraiser. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Yeah. I'm going to need another beer before we Me start talking too. about this, this movie. Me, too. This movie is... Um... Also, that Hellraiser pinhead voice has really fatigued my vocal cords. 
I'll tell you that. I've got the vocal cords of just a, a gentle young man right there, man. I, I've tried to do the gruff yeah. rock and roll voice for years. It just doesn't work for me. I've just got that angelic voice, and I can't help it. What are yeah. you popping open right there, Steve? I'm popping open a, a what's, what do we got here? Prairie Artisan Ales Spectrum. Now, we had some prairie stuff on the show before. That prairie yes. bomb mm-hmm. is fucking the bomb. Prairie bomb. Prairie bomb, baby. <laughs> oh, you're, okay. you're going prairie bomb. I don't know why I went Anna Nicole Smith with that. but always want to go Anna Nicole. You want some money? So this is called Spectrum, and I'm assuming it's because of the fact that it is a sour ale with cinnamon, hibiscus, and chili pepper. So it is covering an entire spectrum of tastes. This sounds like something that could be horrible, honestly. Yeah, and Mm. honestly, yeah, when we were deciding what beers to go with, I I thought this is a perfect one for Hellraiser 3, because Hellraiser 3 is... Just a mishmash of bullshit thrown at the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this kind of sounds like maybe yeah. that in a beer. But I trust the folks at Prairie to make something awesome. So I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I can see cinnamon and chili peppers going together. Sure. That hibiscus, and I can see though. a hibiscus sour ale being good. Yeah. But so, I don't know about all of them together. Man. Yeah, it is a it's a weird combo. What's the ABV on this thing? It's 5.8%. Kind of so for a sour. Yeah. So not not uh, not a big one but a big sour. The the smell is interesting cuz like yeah. it smells sour. It does. But I also get the cinnamon yeah, on there. Which is not a normal combo. No, not sour typically. cinnamon. Hmm. Let's find out. Let's find I out mean, about this thing. It's a nice, like, pale golden color, a little bit hazy. What do you think about that on first sip? Huh. Is it love at first sip? Or is, is it, it pain honestly? unlike the world has ever seen? <laughs> no. Honestly, uh, the cinnamon goes with it. What do it's you know? It's not bad. Yeah. That's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. It's not, like... You know, because uh, with a sour, you're huh. not, I, I normally want some sort of fruity flavors to go with that because they, they go together well. But, like, it kind of accentuates the sourness in a positive way. It kind of does because it's kind yeah. of like a lemony yeah. sort of sour to it with the cinnamon. It yeah. also reminds me of some kind of, like, soothing herbal tea yes. that you'd have when you have there a sore throat go. or something. So, yeah, hibiscus, cinnamon, and, like, lemon. But then you got also... The spice, I'm not really getting I'm a lot of I'm not getting any chili, chili pepper, pepper out of there, no. personally. Maybe I'll get another snoot and, and uh, feel a little bit of that, but I don't really taste any yeah. of that yet. No, but it it's good. That is drinkable. Huh. Very much so. Prairie's on a streak, man. I've not had anything from them that I've not liked. Yeah. Way to go, Prairie. Where's Prairie at again? Can't remember. Uh, brewed and canned by Krebs Brewing Company in McAllister, Oklahoma. Oaky homie, huh? That's right. Well, they got some good old stuff out there on the prairie. <laughs> good shit. All right, the subject of today's episode yeah. is Hellraiser 3 colon Hell on Earth. Colon Hell. Um, or as it really could have been called Hell in New York. Or as it could have could have been called <laughs> right. Hell in North Carolina. Hell in Greensboro, North Carolina. I like the fact that they denoted that it was Hell on Earth as though the other movies had been on some other planet. You know... That honestly, because the first one and the second one have that mishmash of is it America, is it England, and this one is very clearly just America. Like, oh yeah, yeah, and it's just like let's remind you by showing you the twin towers and a yellow checkered cab car, yeah, and a big slice of pizza, yeah. 
Like, but at the same time, looks nothing like no, fucking New York. Look, it looks like you're in a southern town. Yeah. Very much so. There's like big old fir trees and shit. Yeah, it is what? not New York City at all. At all, yeah. in the least. But I guess that was just kind of a 90s thing. It's like, let's make it in the big city. Yeah, which is weird. Again, because the first two don't, they don't stress themselves with location. where they, in fact, that helps with the hellraiseriness of it. Yeah. That it's like, we don't even ever get an idea of where we are or whatever. We're always feeling a little bit off and not really knowing what's going on entirely yeah With it this, made it more surreal and dreamy because you have yeah. like pinhead and julia have like british accents yeah uncle frank and like kirsty american accents yeah and un- uncle frank also was like dubbed over and yeah the, dubbed too in the, right in the like flashback scenes so yeah. it's like real yeah it i i don't love the first two hellraisers i i think hellraiser one is 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 really good i love the first one but it's i don't like go back to it a lot and hellraiser 2 i'm just not amazed like amazed by though i think it's got some really like in comparison to all the sequels i've seen it's a 10 it's yes it is one of the far better movies yeah it's totally worth watching just for the fucking mattress scene that is bonkers insane Mm -hmm. but then it's like it gets all that shit with the leviathan and the labyrinth and i'm like oh yeah that's in this movie yeah And it's it's too light, honestly. I would say mm-hmm. when it gets into that like labyrinth yeah, stuff, it's, it's like not fantasy. dark enough. It's yeah, but the, this movie is just uh, like it could be any other title, and just take out Pinhead, still have your camera head man or whatever, and you just got a '90s horror movie. Yeah, because that's the thing about this is like I think starting with part five. I think all the other ones are just spec scripts that they're like, I don't yeah. know, put Pinhead in it. Absolutely. This one isn't that way. It was written as a Hellraiser movie. Yeah. But it really does feel like it was just some other flick. Then they were like, yeah. make it a Cenobite instead. Well, and the thing is, the first two, you have Clive Barker working on it. and That helps. It's, yeah, it's a, originally Clive Barker um, novella. Hellbound Heart. Yeah, Hellbound Heart. And... In this one, Clive Barker was, he had been working on Nightbreed and also Candyman was being filmed and stuff. And he really just wasn't involved until late in post production. So. Do you think he walked in and was just like, what the fuck is this now? Pretty much, I would imagine. Because I, I know he didn't want uh, it's Anthony Hickox, or it could be Anthony Hickox, because he is British. Oh, he's Anthony. And they hate he? H's in Britain. They do. No H. <laughs> yeah. No H, please. H. They love the H. Uh, so, yeah, Barker did not want Hickox to direct this because Hickox had done waxwork before this, which is more poor comedy. Kind of campy, yeah. Yeah. So he he, want, he didn't think he could catch the tone, and he was entirely right. He's he correct. He did not catch the tone at all. Um, So Barker's not involved. They got a director that Barker doesn't want who can't catch the tone of a hellraiser movie recipe for success absolutely they do have a script by um uh, peter atkins and tony randall tony randall directed the second one so the script was followed pretty closely the problem being that hickok's directing style meant that they would basically just shoot 
everything in one location in one or two days and he wouldn't really do a whole lot of retakes you don't say yeah actors weren't getting to see the dailies not getting an idea of like how the scene was playing uh, out not like getting any concept of how the movie was looking sounds so, very professional yeah it is a type of professional yeah <laughs> when you have a studio that wants to get the movie out to make the money off the movie and doesn't care what the in product is basically and that's that is a type kind of what happened here even though this movie apparently made more than the second one and got better critical reviews than the second one. that's mind-blowing yes Are you it serious? is i am serious and it's just proof that in the 90s everybody was on cocaine everybody's on below man yeah like <laughs> yeah. early 90s period you're still on that good 80s shit yeah they're still so rolling mm-hmm. high man and the thing about it is it makes it so surprising is the fact that this came like years after Hellraiser 2. Yeah, so Hellraiser 3, Clive Barker had ideas for it. One idea was an ancient Egypt connection where... What? Yeah, where Pinhead would be trying to find his way back in the world through that, which I'm assuming is probably pretty closely related to his The Mummy pitch that we talked about in oh, our yeah, Mummy episode. right, right. He also had an idea for a building that was like the lament configuration which is something that we do get in the third movie hmm. so like at the end of this very satisfying yeah it just gets thrown in at the end for oh, some reason right um so barker had some ideas that i think would have been cool honestly if he had gotten to do his basically his mummy pitches a hellraiser movie probably would have been great probably would have been one of those where it's like fuck yeah like Hellraiser could have been a great franchise. It just came at a time at the end of sequel franchise, like horror franchise sequel thing. Like the like Friday the 13th movies weren't making as much money anymore. Nightmare on Elm Street movies weren't making as much money. Like, Well, because they were already on part damn six and seven and yeah. eight by now. Yeah, so people just weren't going out for sequels as much. <laughs> and so maybe that's it but also it really i think just had to do with the fact that clive barker didn't have the time for it and if they had waited a little bit and got a clive barker script like more of his input as a producer probably would have got a much better movie but the movie we got is well it is what it is honestly like (laughs) when i like trump said right it is what it is (laughs) like watching it the first time like at at the beginning bit i was like this might be okay. Yeah, I agree. Whenever I was watching it the other night, it's the first time that I've seen this movie in probably like six or seven years, mm-hmm. which is to say the second time I've ever seen this movie. Right, this is the first time I've ever seen this movie. I thought I had seen it. That's so crazy to yeah. me, dude. Like, I was watching it and I was like, maybe this isn't as bad as I remember. Mm-hmm. Then, like, a few more minutes later, I was like, this is as bad as I remember. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, it really, okay, so like, when they're bringing in the kid from the club and he's got the chains like dragging behind him and stuff. Yeah, and, I was like, like, oh. All that stuff was His like, His head oh. explodes. Yeah, I was like, this is kind of cool. But then also the interaction that Terry and Joey have in the hall is so poorly acted. Oh, my God. And they're not bad actors. I've seen them in other stuff. Yeah, like fucking Deep Space Nine and shit. Yeah, so like, I was like, oh. What's that, happening yeah, here? Yeah, and then next we have a, con- like, we just had, like, a conversation between Joey and her cameraman, and then we get, like, another one between her and her cameraman and that guy at, like, the the news Oh, office. yeah, he's like, you need to show some more leg, baby. And that guy is giving it. That guy is, like, going for his role, Dude, and then the other two are flat as shit. I'm telling you this. The best actors in the movie 
are that guy uh-huh. and the bum at the art gallery. Yep. That guy's actually like yep. great. Mm-hmm. Everybody it seems else like everybody terrible. who had one scene came in and nailed that one scene, and yeah. everybody who had multiple scenes got blew one it. shot at it and blew it. And that's it. And that's, it was that's not their fault. Right. They should have got more shots at um, it. They should have yeah. been seeing dailies. Take a couple swings yeah. at it, man. That's the thing about it, man, is like whenever I was watching this, I was you know reminding myself that in the, the first Hellraiser, which of course is my favorite, yeah. It's also got some very weird, like, unnatural dialogue and pacing yes. and stuff of the speech in that. Like, it's not a very realistic, human-y kind of movie. No. It has this weird, like, this is how people talk in my dreams kind of feel right. to me. And it, it even uses, like, some sort of, like, blurry uh, shots yeah. and stuff. It kind of feels dreamy throughout I and know. nightmarish at times. Yeah, but. and it, it works for me there, even yes. though it's like, I'll sit here and objectively say... Yes, some of the acting is very bad, mm-hmm. but it just feels weird and dreamy to yeah. me. So whenever this movie started and the acting was like kind of similar, I was like, I guess they are acting kind of like the tone of the first two. If the hospital bit had turned out to be a dream and that was the case, yeah. like if every all the scenes that aren't dreams, they were acting well, and the scenes that are dreams, they were acting a little off, that would have worked for me. Sure. But, yeah, as that's you're saying, what we get. that's not what we get. No. <laughs> So I don't know what the deal is. Like, I honestly don't know the line between where me saying, yeah, the first Hellraiser has bad acting, but I like it. Yeah. And it's weird versus this being like, it has bad acting and it's bad. Yeah. I don't really know where the line is. I, I don't honestly know. But there's so much of this flick, man, that feels like, it feels like a Giallo flick in yes. that it seems like a lot of the dialogue was written by someone who's not a native English speaker. <laughs> and a lot of it just feels dubbed. I think, honestly, because the people who wrote it are native English speakers, I think, honestly, it was just one of those where they turned in their script, there was, like, maybe one rewrite or something, and they got to the set, and they said their lines the first time, and the director was like, good, next scene. And they were just like, that didn't sound natural. And he was like, we don't have time. We don't have time. Next scene. Yeah, and it just keeps going, right? Yeah. I mean, there's so many lines and stuff in here that just sound so fucking bizarre. And, yeah. like, that's that's really what's in the script. I like boiling water <laughs> was one of the lines in that fucking disastrous yes. breakfast scene. Oh, my gosh. It's terrible. Like, I like boiling water. I like boiling water. What about that word of advice? If you have a quality, you should be proud of that. <laughs> what? If you have a quality... A- any, any quality, just one. I think one of my favorites, though, is, do you mind me talking about your stuff? Oh, that poor, uh, the, uh, what's her name, the actress, a- Amy Lee, who plays Sandy. Amy Lee's a singer for Evanescence. That, that's true. She spells her name a bit different. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Sandy, I, I, she's obviously the worst line readings of anybody in this holy movie. moly it's so dude. flat and bad like Oof. what they couldn't have been like just give it another go yeah like it's just re- like and it's so early in the movie that it's it like it's you're still this? getting like established in the world yeah it's just like and wow she is blowing it and just really yeah. taking me out of the movie 
But also, I guess she had some problems. Like she's like, I don't want people to see my boobs on the yeah, screen. Yeah, no, I I'm with her on this. I think like she got there and they were like, okay, this is gonna be a topless scene, and she was like, no, we didn't. Yeah, pass. Yeah, I'm not. <laughs> and so they, yeah, I think maybe she had been mistreated or didn't really care at that point, and was just like, no, is, fuck is, like, you. Knowing that, yeah. You're like, okay, so she could just do this sex scene like wearing a, a, a fancy bra. Yeah, she could just keep her bra on. No, they made her take her bra off and him cover her breasts with his hands. Yeah, so just massage the hell at them things on yeah. camera. That's better? Yeah, that's... Yeah, I don't like it. I, I, I think there's just a lot of sort of suspect and gross things about the Probably. entire production. And I, I just don't like it. Um, I, I also think that uh, we do get some good stuff out of this though okay yeah you know, let's put some positive stuff out some there positive here stuff before we just dump on it the rest of the yeah. episode there's a few things in here that are kind of cool the bar whenever the bar massacre happens is cool the bar it, massacre is pretty cool you yeah. get like a million kills in yeah. a row and um it's not just like hook death hook death hook death like no. there's all kinds of zany also some shit. interesting weird shit some of it's really bad the cds yeah yeah the cds are really <laughs> bad and the the cgi a uh, pinhead head that turns into a crystal that stabs a woman in the mouth it's like she's drinking and her ice turns into his face and then turns into ice and then stabs her like when you say it out loud you realize how dumb it is yeah it doesn't make any sense no. and also knowing that like the cgi came in later so they shot that scene and didn't know what it was gonna be Woof. like they were just like okay so she'll be staring and then she'll have this in her mouth and i guess the computers will fix it yeah I don't we'll, know. we'll deal with it in post <sighs> make the cds float above his head yeah and he CG. looks at him and says what the fuck yeah, he's Which, like Bull? <laughs> yeah so dumb man that dj gets too much play in the movie he's got like three different scenes where they show the dj and it's like why is this happening I'm why does she go to this. a dj where a band is playing why That's is there a dj when a band ask, is playing man why is there both yeah. in this space you have armored saint mm -hmm. and a dj playing at the same time i thought maybe he was like handling the sound or whatever but no he's, no, the, he's a dj he's a dj okay he's you know what though now that we're talking about it and saying how absurd that is i just now remembered i have played that show where there was a DJ playing yeah. while you were playing? There was a club back in my old school Human Fuse days uh -huh. where we played Are a club. Are you ready, kids? <laughs> That's right. That's right. We played a show in Johnson City at a place called Rafters. I've been to Rafters. Yep, mm -hmm. you've been there and probably drank shitty beer and got in a fight. Like, what happens to uh, By the way, I was going to say, I've been to Rafters and I saw a guy get punched in the face and he was on ecstasy and he turned around and he looked like... like the biggest shock in his his eyes and i was like are you okay and he was like yeah man i don't even know that guy <laughs> it would have been cool if he was like i can't believe i got beat up at rafters <laughs> i'm shocked what <laughs> i'm on x do you want a hug i did i didn't want to hug There's i a just hug saw a man hit another man i was scared oh bless his heart <laughs> But we were playing this show, and it was like half of the venue is a venue that like five people are at. Yeah. The other half of the venue is like a club that a million mm -hmm. people are at. And yeah, there was a DJ over there playing wow. loud as fuck. It was like in between songs, we'd be trying to talk to the crowd and just be drowned out by the fucking DJ. <laughs> so yes, I have been there, and I've played that show, and the venue is nowhere nearly as successful as the Boiler Room. <laughs> the Boiler Room. Goth Club slash fine 
dining yes, restaurant. The boiler room where they yes, you can get a fine dining meal and then it turns into a goth place where literally anybody dressed however they want <laughs> comes in. And the also dude. A, a metal band is playing. Sure. Yeah. What and is the setup here? I don't know. It, the club makes no sense. It's also called the Boiler Room, and it's on the third floor of a building. That's not where Boiler Rooms are No, you kept. put those in the bottom, and it looks nothing like a Boiler Room. No, it doesn't. Was this originally a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? Right. Because there's also all the dream shit there's in here. There's we'll all talk the about dream later. shit, and basically, uh, yeah, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Spencer basically has dream powers yeah yeah this all seems very like shoehorned in yeah. like honestly like fred krueger could have been elliot spencer and freddy krueger could have been pinhead absolutely and you just turned this into a, uh, a noah's movie yeah so fucking stupid man yeah. yeah the boiler room is just a place that i cannot fucking figure out mm -mm. you got this slime ball guy jp that runs the place oh my gosh he's bachelor in the hotties pulling that rose out of the fucking uh drink cooler there to give to the ladies my only thing in the drink cooler ice a bottle of Stolichnaya and four roses. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's all you're going to need, right. I guess, man. <laughs> yeah, I can't figure it out. The people that are at this, like, Nine Inch Nails video industrial place <laughs> with, like, fucking crucified babies and shit on the wall. Yeah. Everybody just looks normal. Yeah. It's like a bunch of tourists and stuff. When Pinhead, like, blows the door in and it shows, like, a crowd shot, the guy, like, center of the shot... Looks like my brother in a Walmart shirt. <laughs> it's just like, why is that guy there? Is well, that the club you want to go to? He would definitely be at like a country western club. He would not be here. And then the fine dining restaurant on top of it. I don't is get it. Is it beside it? Is it on a different floor? Because at I mean, one point it they show the restaurant yeah. and like there's a silhouette on the wall of somebody in some kind of crazy bondage gear like dancing. Yeah. Uh -huh. So you're like, is it side by side? It might be. Are the waiters like, we have such soups to show you? <laughs> do you think? Yes. Yeah. I do think so. I think, I so. think we have such soups. I Now we got to open a Hellraiser restaurant. Or, okay, we've already done our Cinnabites uh, crossover. With, with Cinnabon. With Cinnabon, mm -hmm. yeah. We've got the Hagazoo sub with Quiznos. How about we call up. Raising Canes. Hell Raising Canes. Ooh. We got pinhead chicken tenders. This They're more craggly than usual. And got they, more like And they're served in like little bites, and instead of toothpicks, it's like pins you eat them off. Of. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Somebody call Raising Canes. Help me out. I think they're covered in... Because <laughs> if you think about it, think back to the first movie... He was quite quite crispy looking. They're covered uh -huh. in chatterer batter. Chatterer, chatterer batter. batter. <laughs> yes. Our chatter batter Chat chicken tenders. Our, our chatter batter chicken tenders. <laughs> <laughs> and don't miss out on our butterball rolls. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. The entire section is smoking. <laughs> oh, fuck. All smoking Dude, all the time. Listen, okay. How many SPMs do we have here? How many smokes per minute do we have in this goddamn fucking Barely movie? a scene goes by without at least one person it's smoking like toward the camera, like with cigarette like out toward the camera. It is on display and it is very clear that tobacco companies paid them to do this. It's got to be, dude. I mean, it, this isn't like a, a weird 
uh, conspiracy theory. This is the thing they admitted to doing in the 80s. And in fact, in 89, they said they'd stop doing it. And then more smoking uh, in movies happened in the 90s than happened in the 80s. Well, you look and smell so cool when you do it. Obviously. But this is North Carolina where they grow most of the tobacco. Okay, uh, yeah. You yeah. think there's like an incentive, like, make your movie here as long as you put some big old fat smokes I in do, everybody's yeah. hands. I do, yeah. I think exactly that. Like, I think they they probably got paid for putting cigarettes in hey, almost every scene. Maybe you give us a cigarette Cinnabite, like a, a cigabite. Yeah, and she'll be smoking a cigarette, but also smoking a cigarette. <laughs> She's a, she smokes two cigarettes. She got a smoke in her throat. She's got a smoke in her hand. Yeah. She's a smoking broad. What can I say? And she gets that because she smoked, even though the guy also smokes in every single scene, even when he's having sex. Dude. But he'll have pistons in his head for no particular reason. The biggest, most suspenseful part of this movie is watching him hands-free boning that chick with that ash just trailing off that cigarette. And I'm like, She's going to get ash on her. Also, it's going to drop. Listen, I don't care who you are. If you lit up a cigarette while we were having sex, I'd stop. See you. In that moment, gone. No, that's fucking gross. That's so gross. And also, I mean, he's supposed to be gross. Like, when we're first introduced to him, like, he steps out with those ridiculous shoes and the fucking horizontally striped or uh, vertically striped pants. And the, the floral print shirt with a f- mesh, like, fishnet shirt underneath and a brown leather jacket. Like, uh, he's, we're being shown him as, like, he's supposed to be tacky. Sure. Like, he, he, he has terrible taste. And I think in that scene, like, we're supposed to see him as, like, like he does, like, the Christ pose while he's fucking her oh with a God, cigarette. Like, and he's also not the only person in the movie that does that. So I know. God. Oh, that was just so, so like, fucking heavy-handed, dude. It was over, like it was just like over the top. Like, but do you notice I'm Jesus now? <laughs> Edge Lord, right? Pinhead, Me, Jesus. Oh anyway, my God, man. But like, yeah, like I I noticed as well, like because the first time I watched it, I was like, they are smoking in like every single scene, and like cigarettes are a, a central plot point for some reason. So. I paid attention to uh, Paula Marshall, who plays Terry. I don't think she smokes. She has a cigarette in almost every scene. She never puts it in her mouth. She's just kind of holding it. She, like, lights one and barely puffs out a little bit of smoke. And uh, another time, like, uh, JP hands her one into her mouth, and she immediately takes it out. Oh, huh. So, it's like, then she becomes the cigarette. Like, all the time, I'm like... He is smoking constantly. That's kind of his thing. That's his thing. Like, how... I don't understand. But, dude, how about also the fact that her whole Cenobite thing is like, yeah, she's the one with the smoke in her throat, but she's dreamer. She can dream now. Because earlier in the movie, fucking Joey was like, man, I keep having these dreams about my dad getting killed in Vietnam. And her response is like, man, I wish I could dream. (laughs) It would be so cool (laughs) if I could dream. What? (laughs) Oh, I'd love to dream of a dead dad. <laughs> I never dream of dads alive or dead. <laughs> Poor her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is that, like, the characters don't make any sense. Like, 
No. Joe Joey terrible. Joey is a terrible reporter. Oh my She's god. She's so bad dude. at it's this. It's set up like her whole thing is like I'm a reporter that just can't get any good gigs because yeah. I'm new at this and don't want to show enough leg or whatever. Right. And then that never really goes anywhere. No. And she's such a fucking terrible reporter that, like, Terry is the one that, like, finds the connections to where the fucking yes. soul pole came from. Yeah. She finds out that there's this attack on the nightclub by turning on the news. Mm-hmm. What great investigating, Joey. <laughs> she's fucking terrible at this. Okay, so I think, so the original script called for at the end when Pinhead and uh, Elliot uh, Spencer. Spencer, yeah, when they when they merge back together... Joey was going to offer to be his his uh, uh, eternal bride for success in life. Why would she do that, though? So that she That's could be lame. a successful reporter. And I think maybe in the original script, the idea that she was a bad reporter was in it. Like, And that's why she would sell her soul at the end, because she wants this so bad, she's just not good at it. But what kind of good lead character is that for us? Like... Kirsty in the originals and stuff was like a pretty normal, pure, well, I think, virtuous I person. I think honestly, we don't need a good lead character. That's like Kirsty. the 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 first one sets up the idea that like the innocent will be safe, but then they still try to attack her. Yeah, they kind of remember like, oh wait, this has to be a horror movie, right? Yeah. I I mean, I think it makes more sense that you get the raw deal at the end that you get like the Frank sort of situation where it's like, well, I I mean, I don't care. I still want Mm -hmm. power or money or success or whatever. Like, so I I think that would have been better and would have made that like being bad at reporting thing, like kind of have a closed bit at the end where it's like, she may be bad, but she's going to use these evil powers to get success from it. Right. Yeah. But even that just seems like a beat that seems out of character because it's not like... Well, it's because they changed the character. Right, They yeah. made her so much more like this just okay. sweet dream lady. So she was supposed to be more like, I'll do anything to get the gig. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She should have been more of this aggressive, like really trying but failing and bumbling at it mm-hmm. and really willing to give up whatever just to succeed. Well, that would have at least been a change of pace i suppose and more like a hellraiser type of thing because there's no connection here like no. she's like she she's just researching it to report on it and then somehow gets caught up in it but it's like pinhead for some reason can kill an entire club of people but has to chase her <laughs> all across he's north carolina new york range, city dude. he's not good yeah. at, at distances and stuff like that you put you him get, in a field he's ineffective he's yeah. like a dwarf you get 15 feet from pinhead and he's like god damn it <laughs> <laughs> he's exactly like gimli dude he is that's what i'm saying he's got those dwarf combat he's a natural tactics. sprinter exactly man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? He totally mows down that entire club. Yeah. No big deal at all. But then just cannot get his fucking hands yeah. on her. It, it, man. I mm. <laughs> I try to focus my hate in this because I I think that there's barely anything good in it, but like I I can't focus on the thing I hate the most about it. I think it's probably that the final result is a bunch of actors getting screwed over by their director, not giving them a chance to, you know, give a better line reading or maybe maybe come up with a better way of saying it so that it sounds more natural. I think in the end, that's the thing that I hate the most about it is that it's obvious that 
the direction is bad. Sure. But also the special effects aren't great. Sometimes they're good, and then sometimes they're just black marker on her arm to indicate she was burnt by a cigarette. Oh, my God, dude. Fuck. Okay, yeah, there are some effects and stuff in here that are good. Like, during the club massacre, like, all the skin rip effects are nice. I even thought for a second that that first head explosion was pretty good. Mm Mm-hmm. Until you go back and you're like, they forgot to input the blood code at the title screen because his head is full of, like, gray dust. Yeah, and also, like, the color correction is off, so it it goes from, like, just one color palette to a completely different one, like, overhead shot, then explode, and then back to that color palette, like... And also, whenever it shows, like, the doors closing on the room, his head is is back on his body again. Yeah. (laughs) Like, come the fuck on, man. (laughs) But that inconsistent color palette also goes right along with the way that yeah. Pinhead looks when he's in the fucking soul pole, so, yeah. which they so just crassly try to play off as the same like spinning wooden meat pole that we yeah. saw at the end of the second one. But They're it like, eh, it's the same. It's looks the same thing. completely different. Yeah, and they even show it in this movie. I know, and it's like, well, why would you do that? Why Wait, wouldn't you? Is that the same thing? Why wouldn't you just like reshoot that shot? Were they shooting with it your from new memory? Pole? What were they doing? <laughs> It's like, yeah, I think it was like this uh, like green, like a uh, uh, like statue, uh, whatever. And the thing with like uh, Pinhead's makeup is that like in some shots you can see like this like greenish tint to it. And in other shots it's like more skin colored. Yeah. And then in some shots like the, the slices in between the pins are real prominent. Yeah. And some they're more closed up. Like it's really, really, really inconsistent. And it's man. the same makeup guy from the first two they just had him do a different process so that the makeup would go on faster because the director wanted it to go fast well here's the thing too in terms of just the speed of production and stuff i don't know if you noticed in the credits but uh doug bradley also got a a makeup credit on this too so he's having to do his own makeup he did his own makeup in some of it shit i know so it just goes to show you like how little care i mean maybe he just wanted to do it i don't know yeah i mean maybe he wanted to do it or maybe he was like you fucks can't seem to do it right i can do this i've done this a million times by now well they the process they used was because normally they would apply the you know the pins and stuff along with you know the 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 cuts and whatnot individually in this, they put like plates together with fake skin over them, so oh. that they can more easily just overlay it huh. quickly. Uh, and that's kind of why it also looks shitty. It doesn't from time look good, time. man. Yeah. Like there's certain shots, especially like really close up on his face, where you yeah. can tell his face is just like monochromatic, like white clown pancake yeah. makeup. Like there's no detail or anything like that. It's just white sponged on makeup. And even like while he's in the soul pole. Did you notice how, like, the the pins almost have this, like, droopy, shaggy look to them? Yep. Like, some of them are, like, angled down, like they're just falling Mm -hmm. from the weight. It doesn't look like they're hard pins that have been, like, hammered into his head. Like, it doesn't look good at all, man. No, it doesn't. And two, man, just the cutout around his head while he's in that fucking pole looks like goddamn shit. It looks like you just cut a hole out of a refrigerator box and just stuck your head through it. It looks terrible. It's like one of those fucking photo op things you see at like fucking dollywood or the fair or whatever right you put your head through the farmer's damn you know hat and, or whatever and why didn't they okay so doug bradley is actually in that fucking statue yeah why didn't they instead have a cutout so that they could cut to his face in the cutout and do the makeup better then you're going to be able to do it when he's inside that cramped ass pole 
and hot and sweaty. It had to be miserable. Like, yeah, I, everything so about dumb, this. man. <laughs> and here's a question, too. And th- this hit me after Kate brought it up because I hadn't even thought about it before. Okay, so, you know, um, JP buys the pole. He's all skeezy and stuff. Uh-huh. Some blood gets on it because somebody's dug the lament configuration out of it or Which something. Which makes no sense. No. So he, he was apparently a thief saw a statue and was like, I'll take a part of it. I'll take a sell? part of this statue. What? What are you going to do? Like, as far as you know, it's just a statue and you're just cutting a hole in it. And by the time he got stairs downstairs from the club, he had already solved the puzzle box. Also, it's hollow. Apparently. It's hollow, Apparently. like completely hollow, because the guess. dude puts his whole arm in it and gets bit by a fucking rat or whatever. Yeah. So here's the thing that's confusing. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you know, the rat blood, or no, his blood from the rat bite gets on it, awakens Pinhead. That's when the fucking crazy shit happens. The woman gets torn apart, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. How did that first guy get torn apart? Yeah, that's was my question. Hell, why wasn't Pinhead already awoken? Yeah. He should have been, right? Exactly. Because... This has already happened. He's like, if if he's come out of the puzzle box and killed this person who's already downstairs at the club. Why is he still in the fucking statue? Why is he, yes. Why? What? Why? I because don't get it. Because you needed a kill to start the movie off, I guess. Ugh. It's just so fucking dumb and pointless, yeah. man. And also, too, just like how, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, when you really just take the teeth out of it and make mm-hmm. it not scary anymore. Okay. When you've got just his head extending out of the statue, and yeah. he's like, bring the girl a little closer. Yeah. No, I can't quite reach her yet. Closer still. There is nothing. Can't get the hooks in. <laughs> There's more closer. nothing more you could do to make Pinhead seem less intimidating. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not quite. Not quite. Fucking Punhead, dude. Punhead. Punhead. <laughs> Let's talk about some of those other Cenobites. Give me a fucking <laughs> break, dude. We've Okay. We got Camera Head. We've got John Carpenter as the Borg. <laughs> camera. Dude, exactly. the sheer laziness of the way that they, rather than doing like a Borg-style application of like uh-huh. a camera lens in his eye, they just built it out of the side of his head. So yeah. he's got this huge like tumor on the side yeah. of his head where the camera is shoved into his head which is like that could have been cool if you'd have made it more gory where the camera's like sticking out of his head like it had actually been shoved like by pinhead like violently through his face okay yeah but no it just yeah. as you said it looks like a tumor it just looks like parts of the camera and all there. covered in skin but you could have just made that more streamlined and better looking. And he's got a handlebar mustache. And he does have a handlebar mustache. Like, how does this look scary or intimidating in the least, man? That's a wrap, oh, he says. God. Oh, yeah, and pun me. Please, yeah. man. Uh-huh. Please pun me. And, dude, here's another thing that just blows my mind about all these. These Cenobites remember their past lives. Yeah. He's like, look what he did to me, you bitch, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, Doc had been, like, the nicest guy in the whole movie. Yeah. And now he's just suddenly super mean and stuff. And again, they remember what happened to them in life. JP yeah. and fucking, uh, is it Terry? Is that her yeah. name? Mm-hmm. They both remember their past lives later on too. Yep. And that completely breaks the lore of how Cenobites work. It does. Uh, it, canonically, they're considered pseudo-Cenobites. Pseudobites. Uh, yeah. So they, they have not, they've not, I don't know, 
gotten their badge and gun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They've once, not graduated yet. They got yeah. the permits, right? Once, yeah. Once you toss that Cenobite mortar board in the air, that's when you stop talking. And then you got to start paying back on the loans. Oh, though. that's the worst. We have such percentage <laughs> rates to show you. <laughs> Your suffering will be legendary, even at the bank. Even in America. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. So we got okay. So yeah, there's camera camera head. There's also my my absolute favorite Ben is is Barbie. Barbie. Uh, yeah, Barbie. Not like Barbie the doll. No, as in covered in barbed wire. But that's not all. <gasps> He's also a barman. Okay, he's a bartender. Uh-huh. And he's got barbed wire. Okay. Barbed wire. Also, because he's a bartender, he's got a cocktail shaker. Duh. Yeah, totally. Cinnabites always carry props. <laughs> Dude, and the fact that it's just like a normal, everyday yep. fucking Boston cocktail it's shaker. Not covered in barbed wire. No, There's no razor blades. There's nothing creepy about it, dude. There's yep. nothing about it that screams like, this is from hell. It's like, nah, it's just a regular old well, bar shaker. Well, it's filled with gasoline, so you better watch out. And he just so shittily like throws it, like lays like, uh, and he just yeah. lands on the cars and it's like, it's gasoline. Which is not really a threat at all, but he's got fire breath. Which doesn't require you to have gasoline because you've got He's a, a flamethrower coming out of your fucking face. But the thing is, is like there's like little tiny bits of like they tried to foreshadow that a little bit in the mm-hmm. movie because the first time that bartender turns around, he's got like a fucking flaming Dr. Pepper yeah. or some annoying ass early 90s right. drink in his hands and it's like on fire and stuff. It's like, huh? Mm-hmm. Also, too, dude, that scene, Joey walks in, asks the bartender... I'm looking for a pretty girl. Yep. And, and that says, guy's like immediately like, that's JP, where you need to go. Yeah. What the fucking shit, man. JP's not a pretty girl. That's He's true. got it all wrong. Yeah. He knows where they <laughs> keep them. Oh, He's right. He's got binders yeah. of women. He does. JP seems like the type who would have binders of women. I think so. He's yeah. a real Romney man. He's, <laughs> He's a mitt man. He menendez his parents, apparently. Oh, yeah. That's in there, too. Yeah. Which is Why? like, uh, again, like. If they had fo- if they could have focused at any point, what if they had focused on JP and like really actually got to the point where JP like had fed it, uh, fed Pinhead enough people and Pinhead like turns him into a centibite. Apparently, just takes two. Yeah, and also uh, the second one he turns into a centibite instead of eating. I guess so. That yeah. doesn't make any sense. No. Also, here's another quick question about the old soul pole there. Mm-hmm. When it shows that there's like all kinds of other faces and stuff on that thing, too. Yeah. Why don't just, they get to be so Just Pinhead blows up out of that thing. Where did they go? I don't know. It's a good question. I <sighs> assume he ate them. Maybe. Freddy stopped. Maybe if he lifted up his shirt, they'd be like in his Gone chest. Freddy stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like that, man. Yeah. Yeah, that fucking bartender Cenobite is just dumb as shit. Yeah, it's, it's just stupid. It's, over pitched it's like they they sat down with a bunch of cocaine and they were like okay we're gonna have one covered in barbed wire and then somebody was like what if he's the bar guy bar has b-a-r bar, bar. tinder has b-a-r maybe he also does a gymnastic routine on some bars in new york city oh, okay that all right well let's pull back there <laughs> we're gonna put the brakes on what right are, there what are things a bar guy does well he makes cocktails 
Okay. Okay. Molotov cocktail. Molotov cocktail. Okay. This is perfect. We're going with. It. We're going. Let me just <laughs> get a little bumpy bump. So we have him carrying around a cocktail shaker full of gas. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Then yeah. He lights it on fire. How did? Do, how does he do that? He's got the fire. He's because of barbecue. Oh, also B A R. Bar connections. Boom. Logic. This is great. Put it in the movie. I love being in the middle of North Carolina on cocaine. <laughs> Holy shit, man. <laughs> what about our boy fucking CD Cinnabite? Uh, Why does he sound like a goddamn robot? That's a, the best question. Because <laughs> like, What? And he got a bunch of CDs shot into his head and that put servos in his joints? I guess. Come on, Pinhead. Get it together. He's not very imaginative. It's not. That pin. I mean, assuming he's the one making them, I hope that fucking Beelzebub uh, has more creativity than this. I bet he does. You know what? He would have probably made him, like, make... He'd be playing music as he, like, moved. Yeah. Maybe. Probably some Nine Inch Nails. Huh? I'm thinking some N-I-N, dude. There you Maybe go. Maybe some Ministry. There we Skinny go. Skinny Puppy. Jesus built my hot rod. Yeah, dude. Mm-hmm. Some of that shit right there. Mm-hmm. You know? Dude, and he fucking throws CDs at people and kills them. And it's and they're just, not sharpened or anything. No, just CDs. Dude. Have you ever thrown a CD at anything they fucking shattered? Yeah. I'm sure, like me, in the 90s, mm-hmm. you ended up with like a million of those AOL fucking yep. trial discs. Put those in the microwave. Yeah, or throw them at barns or yep. what the fuck ever. They shatter like crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun, actually. It is, but you're not going to kill anybody with it. You're definitely not going to kill nobody Even with by it. accident. Dude, it's just so fucking lame. Yeah. And his face looks really stupid. Yeah, it does. He's it looks bad. wearing like the fucking Big Van Vader mask or something, <laughs> but looking lamer and yeah. with less charisma. 100%. Dude. And then fucking, yeah, JP with his... Piston head. Pistons in his head. Which he's like, a real motorhead, I guess. Uh, hey, motorhead's on the soundtrack. Connection. We get motorhead for the soundtrack. This guy's got motor parts in his head. Hang on. <laughs> Maybe he has a motorcycle? No, 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 no. Yes. Okay. In his apartment. Third uh, floor. Wait, how'd he get it up there? Don't worry. We don't talk about it. We don't talk about it. Doesn't even matter. <laughs> he's fucking crazy. He does this kind of thing. He just fires guns off, and people are like, you okay? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, okay. Dude, so his whole thing is smoking, which we already have Dreamer covering that. Yeah. Uh, and boning. Why yes. didn't they give him like a fucking, like, I don't know, like crazy machine drill dick? And yeah, he like fucks exactly. people to death. Yes. Perfect. Easy. Yes. Honestly, easy. It feels like, in fact... You could have made so much out of this script. You could have made this an okay movie. Probably. If you tried. If you if tried. If you gave any bit of a shit. But they sure didn't. No. Nope. And dude, also, I love that like all the other Cenobites get these like deadly powers. The fucking camera zoom that blows your head open. Right. Like, Molotov cocktails. Mm-hmm. Fucking uh, hooks on chains. Blah, blah, right. blah. Burning you with a cigarette. Yeah. Meanwhile, like, JP and fucking Terry, their power is, like, mild annoyance for eternity. Putting these cigarettes out on you. And she could have just ran away from them. Why did she not? And also, what was JP doing? It seems like he was just like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was it. He was just going, blah, blah, blah. That's his thing. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. He's, like, almost a vampire. Blah. He wants blah. to suck your blood, but he's not going to talk about like it. Like this. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. It's blah. Top of the... Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. He's just 
just not getting it. I want to fuck your body. This is more like you. <laughs> this is your character, okay? Yeah. It's so fucking lame, dude. It's so fucking yeah. lame. It's really bad. On all accounts. But of course, the man with the craziest powers, I guess, is the severed good side of Pinhead. Is he really that good, by the way? No, he's not good. Because this is the guy that was apparently into such crazy sadistic pleasures yeah. that he willingly became Pinhead. Yeah, and that that probably not never good. got answered for me in this movie. That like, like, why does he care? I don't know. What like why would like, he was not a good person? Like life, we get the no. background that he was like a World War One vet and like just like all other World War One vets came back disillusioned. A shell of a man. Shell of a man. Cool setup. Cool setup, and uh, also uh, you know makes it understandable that maybe he went off the deep end, but doesn't excuse it and make him a good person, which is what the movie allows us to believe. Yeah. He's a good person with the power to go into your dreams and electronics. <laughs> yeah. What? If there are electronics in your dreams, he can control them and power them, even though they're not plugged in, which will make a point of showing, but it's in a dream, so why would it fucking matter? So this is the secret subplot about this movie, is that Joey is actually a narcoleptic. Uh-huh. They never address this, but that bitch is falling asleep. She falls asleep constantly. All the time. Yeah. Like, there's even some parts where just some crazy Hellraiser shit has just happened, and then mm -hmm. she's like, and now I'm asleep. Yep. Because I'm dreaming about my fucking dad, who I never met, Uh huh. getting gunned down by the Viet Cong or whatever. Right. And, and she's, in like, she's in like a white fucking dress being like, daddy! Uh -huh. It's like, you never fucking met the guy. Which she remembers at the end, conveniently, when... Pinhead pretending to be her dad calls her by her name. Yeah. And then five minutes later, she's like, wait a minute. You don't know my name. <sighs> what? Nobody gave a shit about Nobody this movie. Nobody gave a shit. Nobody. Like, there's just so many things that all you have to do is ask that question. And they're like, yeah, that doesn't really work. But nobody asked that question. Nobody. Or if they did, I, I guarantee that it just seems like to me. Uh, I mean, we got uh, Doug Bradley saying one day he worked 17 hours Holy shit. on set. For this? For this. I, I start to think maybe the director probably didn't have the best interest of the movie and the people in the movie at heart. No. More of a let's get this finished. So I can do these fat rails. Right. Yeah. Makes sense when you put yep, it that way. It does. I just don't understand. Like, he's got the power to go into people's dreams, but uh -huh. I, I guess as long as they're dreaming about a war. Because this right. is, again, just another <laughs> fuck it decision where they, she, they're like, uh, he dreams, she dreams about a war where a father got killed in Vietnam. Uh, he changes it to World War One, and he's like, yeah, you dream of a war. I was in a war. Uh, it's all the same. Dreams, war, together. You see, anyway... They connect. So you got this pinhead problem, uh -huh. is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. You need to take him to the place, and then you got to put him in the box, and you got to take care of it. Okay. And then the box will turn into a knife for some reason, and no, you no, stab no. him. I'm not going to mention that. That's not what I told you to do, although that is the thing that works. <laughs> God damn. It's terrible. It's terrible. And let me tell you, Ben, sequels don't get much better. No. No. Okay, no. so, again, I've only watched those one time when I was doing that horrible yeah. fucking uh, uh, masochistic run of uh -huh. watching through all these. 
very appropriate for Hell. Maybe actually, this is the most on-brand thing about Hell- Hellraiser is yeah. like making the deci- the decision to watch these is like making the decision to endure pain. Yeah. Unlike the world of horror, yeah, you're has exploring the boundaries of pain for the sure. The outer realm, the outer realm, cinematic pain. So maybe the, it's actually on brand. The fourth one will probably be the last one we do on the show because it was the last theatrical one, and there's no reason to watch the other ones. But I remember before I've having cool it. stuff like all the like flash. I mean, it starts in space, which, as we know, anytime a horror that's franchise a goes call, to space, yeah. that's the fucking tombstone yeah. of a franchise. Well, okay, so the original idea of the fourth one would have been great, and Clive Barker was like involved in this, and the idea would have been that it would have been three movies. It would have been the La Marchand stuff in France in late 18th century. Very late Marquis de Sade. Yeah. Fucked up shit. I'm, it would in, have I'm been here cool for that. It's cool. Yeah. Because that's really the best part of the movie that we get. Then it would have been the present day stuff with the architect building the, the building that we see at the end of this movie. Oh, okay. And then the third part would have been the in space part with the uh, satellite that is the the box ambitious yeah it would have been really cool too like as you said the marquis de sod sort of connection that would have been interesting then you know a more modern day pinhead and then uh future space pinhead all that could have worked but what did they get instead Uh, all that together in one movie and so you never get any time to care about any of the characters and it just pushes it all together and makes it a blob of nothing. Yeah. That is still better than this movie. But then the sequels... <laughs> they are just random scripts that they threw Pinhead into. So all that I remember about all of the sequels is it's just like some scuzzy, shitty person. Yeah. It's almost like Saw in that way. Yes. Where they're like, scuzzy, shitty people end up in a situation where they uh-huh. get wrapped up in Pinhead. Yep. If I recall, there's like crooked cops in like several of them. There's Okay, so the... I I've uh, part five is a crooked cop who gets caught basically in a time loop of re-experiencing. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I remember that now. Which is actually honestly better than this movie. Really? Yeah. Watching it, I was like, you know, if this weren't a Hellraiser movie and it had come out in 1995, people probably would have liked yeah. it. It's okay. Weirdly, it's not great. giving it. You know, a name brand franchise connection made it worse. Heard it, yes. Then the the next one after that is the last one I've watched so far, though I'm I'm gonna try to finish them. It's God got bless you. Dennis Duffy from Thirty Rock. Ooh. It's got Liz Lemon's boyfriend, Dennis Duffy. I'm pretty sure that the dead and lovely listeners are about to host an intervention with you. Yeah. I've seen a lot of posts and a lot yeah. of comments being like, Steve. Don't do it. You don't have to do no, that. You're you don't. only covering part three for the episode. Yeah. You don't have to go past it. But here was the thing is once I started watching part three, I was like, I have never seen this movie. I confidently knew I had never seen this movie because Paula Marshall was on screen being every single thing I would have been obsessed with as a teenager. Dude, the whole movie, I was like, she's so gorgeous. What Argento movie have I seen? Yes. Her in? Like she's <laughs> she's totally very much an Argento girl. Any Argento yes. lead, man. <laughs> but uh, I had just seen her when we did Warlock. I watched Warlock Armageddon, which is directed by uh, Anthony Hickox, and has her. It is a better movie than this movie. Wow. Um, 
but it was the first time I had seen her, and I was like, oh, man, that, that chick's uh, uh, absolutely gorgeous. I would have been obsessed with her as a teenager. And then I, watching this, I was like, okay, I have not seen this, or I would have remembered this actress specifically. So, like, watching it through, I realized, like, so I've only seen three of the ten Hellraiser <laughs> movies. But I kind of made it a challenge to myself. Was like, you know, I've That's seen... challenge, all right. I've seen all the other franchises, every one of the movies. So, all the major ones, that is. Even, even the Chucky movies, which some of those... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. But for this, it really is like there are... There's one movie that's good, another one that's pretty okay, another one that's eh, and then just shit. Yeah. Just a pile of loose shit. Yeah, this is honestly the biggest losing streak of any major horror franchise. Yeah, even more, even worse than Halloween. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's some fucking Yeah, there's some real bad Halloween. In that catalog right there. Yep. But I don't think any of them shit the bed as bad as Hellraiser. No. And the thing about it is, man, is like the first movie... You know, even though at the very end, it's like somebody nudged Clyde Barker and they're like, well, the bad guys have to try to get the good person. So right. make it a horror movie here at the end. Yeah. I can ignore that and explore the themes in the first one that are so interesting, which yeah. is like the Cenobites aren't good or bad. No, they just are. Like, they just are. Yeah. They're, they're, they're hard to comprehend, basically. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is, you know. It ties in so much with all of the the very you know dark sexual subtext that Clyde Barker was putting in there, where yeah. like the morality of the first movie is like there is no good or evil, right? There is only the intent of the user, mm-hmm. because ultimately, you know, I mean the whole the whole tagline: angels to some, demons to others, right? Some people love getting fucking slapped in the face while they're having sex, sure. To one person, that might be the worst thing they've ever heard of, and they don't want to do it. Sure, it's only about intent and consent. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is very fun to say. Intent and consent. Yeah. Yeah. Because if and you that's can, very Clive Barker. It's very, yeah, yeah. Because if you consent to the things that the Cenobites want to do to you. Then it's not evil. It's not bad yeah. then, is it? And the first movie explores that so well. And then the second one does it a okay, little Okay, but bit. tries to expand too much probably into fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest of the movies are just like, oh, so the Cenobites are like demons, huh? They like do bad stuff to people. Yeah. All right. They just completely drop That's all it. of the cool ambiguity of good and evil yeah. that Clive set up in the first movie. And I that's agree. so fucking disappointing, man. That's interesting shit. One of the things that really like just blows my mind about this movie is that they throw in the like video of Kirsty. Yeah. And you can't tell it's her, but they they did get Ashley Lawrence to play it. Yeah, it's like special appearance from S- Ashley Lawrence as S- Kirsty. So why did they shoot it and then film the the screen with the video so that it's in such low res that you can't even tell that it's her? Yeah. Why wouldn't you like you like cut to the video and show us in like cinematic definition? Ashley Lawrence doing all because that connects you back to the other movies and yeah. makes it. I mean, like the first uh, major kill, the skin ripping off, like that connects you back to the first two movies. Like, totally accentuate those things so that the movie feels more like an actual uh, sequel rather than just a mishmash of shit with Pinhead thrown in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
everybody just completely fucking missed the point yeah. of what's going on here. And there's mm-hmm. so much stuff in this movie that misses the point of like, what is the pacing of this movie, dude? <laughs> because like in my notes, I'm kind of keeping track of like, okay, it was about 45 minutes left of the movie and not much has really happened yet. It's, it's a, a short movie. Too. It is. It's like an hour and a half and, and, and the, the bar, like the, the club slaughter probably happens with about 25 minutes yeah. left to go. Well, it's at like right at when you have 30 minutes left in the movie okay. that Elliot Spencer reveals to her like, this is what you need to do. This is the plot of the movie. Oh, and it's now like, we're getting the plot. There's 30 minutes left. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, yeah, it's like Club Massacre. And then it's like, they're like, oh, final showdown in the streets of New York with all these other Cenobites. Sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, then she goes to a church. Right. Now we got another set piece. We got even, a Black Mass set piece. Even yeah. though her instructions are to get him to the box. Oh, and also, too, by the way, earlier the box like zaps him. And he's, like, scared of it, and she runs away. Yeah. It's like, hey, the box is doing that thing Yes, that Elliot Spencer told you it would do. You should run away. <laughs> You're beating him. Run. Run. What? Oh, no. We're, we're in the lead. We should quit. Yeah. And then there's, like, that whole church scene, which means fuck all to the movie. No, it doesn't mean anything, and it was, like, controversial because they were shooting in North Carolina, which, you know, conservatives and, yeah. and evangelicals. Uh, it Like, it, it's just edgelord shit it to is. me. It is. It's somebody being like, it'd be so sick if he, like, blew up a church, and then he, like, takes his pins out, and he gives himself stigmata hands, and then he makes the, the, the priest eat um, part of his body and his blood, and it's just like... Jesus is lame. Jesus is so lame. Guess that'd who's so cool? Sick. Bondage man with pins in his face. Yeah, that'd be metal. <laughs> like, did a fucking, like, 11-year-old write this? Probably, yeah. Because don't get me wrong, like, I guess there's maybe some cool imagery in that, but that scene Well, the thing is, that all. scene could have been cool. There, You definitely could. You could have just had him, like... Because, like, the way you draw it out with him, like, pulling pins out and then sticking it in his hand, pulling another pin out, sticking it in his hand, then cutting to him, Christ posing, like... With his little tilted head. Yeah. Oh, so cool. The world is a vampire. Exactly. (laughs) You cut all that, have him do the body of Christ thing, maybe. That's, like... Like, pick one, basically, is what I'm saying. Have him do the Christ pose, have him do the body of Christ thing, or whatever. Choose two. Like, don't have all this shit. Like, it's just too much trying to push an agenda that suddenly pops up of, like, anti-religion. And it's like, well, Pinhead wasn't anti-religion at any point before. He he had no association with religion. Who the fuck is this anti-religion priest? It's like... Demons aren't real. (laughs) What? Sweet girl. Yeah, he's just like... And he also has like a weird accent. We don't believe in any of this. (laughs) Right. What? Don't come into this damn church talking demons. Get the hell out. (laughs) What did that do for the movie? Nothing. It was just another set piece to get it to an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't weaken him. It didn't empower him. It didn't do anything. It was just like... Okay, that happened. Now, anyway, the real final showdown <laughs> is at this construction site. Yeah, and she's going to plant the lament <laughs> configuration in the soupiest cement ever. That's some and fresh And it's going to grow into a building. Shit, dude. Yeah, uh-huh. it's a seed, actually. Mm-hmm. It's the lament seed. <laughs> it grows buildings. It's, this is, it's just bad. 
It's terrible. I mean, we... And this is also after we've had, like, the reveal that kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street 2, it's like, you get Pinhead in the physical world, he can do fucking anything. Right. He can... But he can't in any way harm Joey. No. Like, no matter how many people he could kill, no matter what he blows up, no matter, like... He's got cab crashing powers. Yeah. He's got fucking fire hydrant powers. But he can't get to her. Electrical wire powers. (laughs) Even when he's got Cenobites circling her, they can't, like, actually hurt her, really. Like, they're just burning her with a cigarette. And I never burned anyone with a cigarette before, but I gotta assume, like, you do it once or twice and, like, Probably stubbed out. Yeah, put out of smoke before. Sure, like you, 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 that's not gonna keep working unless that's their hellish power. We have have such smokes to show you. (laughs) 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 That's just uh, anyway. I don't know what who this movie is for, but it's not me. But the thing is, is like there's some people that like this movie. Uh There are people that like it for how shitty it is but to me it's okay. like it's not shitty enough right it doesn't yeah because it it drags too much for it to be shitty fun yeah and it yeah. tries to go too dark for it to be fun too right. like even whenever we get to the like yuck yuck phase of, of freddy krueger and mm-hmm. stuff it's like okay it's so shitty and so yuck yuck that it's funny yeah um all of like pinheads like one-liners and puns and stuff uh, like this just slow me down yeah me you too know? because it, it's it's so off tone from the first two it's like tone. where did this come from yeah totally man and don't get me wrong like doug bradley is still awesome yeah although okay here's another little nitpick what was up with his voice in this like in the first one he had like this kind of like weird it's not like in post-production they put like an octave overdub over okay. his voice to make it made it this low like gargantuan voice uh-huh in this, like, it sounds like what we've been doing this whole time. He's yeah. like, I'm Pinhead. Yeah. It's, like, very flat sounding. It's, like, the voice he did before they actually put some zhuzh on it. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. like, very unaffected and lame. Like, they mm-hmm. didn't even take the time to be like, yeah, put a little polish on that in That is probably the central problem here is time. They didn't take the time to do these things. And the problem is they had four years uh, not four years. Well, I think it was. Yeah, it was about four years between part two and this. It's like you got all this time to work this on it. This is the it. best thing you could come and up this with. This is the best you could come really? up with. That's that's pretty bad. It's not shitty enough. It's not good enough. It's not funny enough. It's yeah. definitely not scary enough at all, man. Yeah. And there's just so many things in this that are like, well, that didn't matter. That didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's got a job offer in Monterey. Where's Monterey? Where is that in the plot of this movie? Yeah, it it doesn't have anything to do with anything except to drive uh, Terry out of the apartment. But they also already had JP call her and ask her to come over, which could have been enough for her to just be like, okay, I'll go. He's my ex-boyfriend. I'll go talk to him. Everybody watching would be like, oh, okay. We don't need like her to be pissed off at joey for no reason i thought you said i could live here for forever and you got a job in shit ass monterey (laughs) it's like i mean what there's definitely if if clive barker had been involved in this there's implication of them having a sexual terry and joey having a sexual relationship Dude, that first morning that they're in the apartment i was like yeah because like terry's walking around and like a a button-up shirt of hers yeah and it's like that's the implication of sex the night before down. yeah and then like they they're like inches from each other's face talking like passionately and they've got like 
a couple of times where they just like look in each other's eyes. It looks like they're about to kiss. Yeah. And I guarantee if Clyde Barker had been involved, Terry would have been bisexual and Joey would have been a lesbian. Sure. And that would have just been a part of the story. Yeah. But instead, we just get some sort of implication there without any follow up. And it's just like, well, if you'd given us the follow, like, go, go for it. That would have been a cool little, like, twist to, like, oh, this is actually a sexual relationship. And that's why she got so upset about hearing that she might be moving. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a romantic connection between them. Yeah. Two, but there's, there's not. There's not. They just kind of forgot to do that. Yeah. God yeah. damn, dude. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it's terrible. Like, I've seen worse. Mm-hmm. I have. I've, I've seen, seen far worse, worse movies. Worse yes. fucking movies, man. I've seen movies with, like, worse special effects and all that shitty morphing they kept yeah. doing in this. They love that goddamn morph effect. Uh, so shot, man. This is, like, one of the earliest, like, uses of, of CGI in a horror movie. So. Yeah, a sign of shit to come. For right. Sure. <laughs> Dude, it's just not It's not good at all, man. Yeah, it's I not agree. good. I uh I can't believe you watched this more than once. <laughs> I watched it three times, which How? I do for every movie that we watch. How? So. Why? Uh, I mean, if I hadn't, I wouldn't have noticed that the boiler room is on the third floor of the factory, Pretty and therefore, details. like, makes no sense that it's called the boiler room. <laughs> <laughs> I also actually didn't understand the plot of the movie until the third time I watched it through no. and listened to specifically when spencer is talking to her like he he, he's the plot giver basically without the spencer moments we wouldn't know anything that's happening uh -uh. yeah yeah he's the lazy exposition machine of this whole thing Mm -hmm. ugh man thumbs down i say thumbs down yeah really really does suck what kind of a number are you gonna slap on this oh yeah uh like a two yeah i'm going two as well mainly for like motorhead and armored yeah. saint points yep and uh i as i said i think paula marshall's adorable and just loved looking totally. at her she's uh, the best dressed street urchin yeah she is i have ever seen yeah and i think you know she's go i think she and uh terry farrell who plays joey are, are going for it like they're trying even though they're not getting second takes i think they probably gathered after the first couple of days, we're not going to get second takes. And they were like, we got to like practice this on the side or something. Because some of the some of the mid-movie scenes between them are a, a, a good bit better than the earlier scenes. But it just doesn't... It doesn't have anything going for it. Nope. <laughs> hey, unless you just want to see a bad 80s horror movie that you don't have to care about pretty much or 90 i guess this is 90 92 so sure yeah that by the way this is the worst thing to happen on a september 11th for about nine years wow yeah for a while there this is as bad as it got <laughs> yep people are like oh remember september 11th when hellraiser <laughs> 3 came out Ooh, never forget yeah don't forget that <laughs> Uh, I bet, you know what? I bet George Bush was involved in some way with this, too. I mean, hey, the Twin Towers are in this movie. Holy shit. Connections. <sighs> oh, that was my mind being blown. Not Zeitgeist. anything else. Yeah. Oh, my God, man. <laughs> so, yeah, two. Well, I'm hoping the movie that we tune into next week is going to be a whole lot better. I've it never is. seen it, but I a have. lot of people tell me. It's real cool. I've seen a few clips, and the special effects look absolutely yeah. insane. I think you're going to like it. I think I'm going to like it a lot, too. But before that, i got to remind you guys to rate and review on Apple Podcast. 
It costs you zero dollars and it does help us out a ton. Mm-hmm. But if you want to spend positive amount dollars, you That's can support true. us on Patreon. Uh-huh. Patreon.com forward slash dead and lovely. Head on over there, become a five dollar patron. Throw a movie into the smoking bowl. Smoke we bowl. pull out of the smoking bowl and we review the movie. Once a month we pick a movie from those movies and we, we did. do the movie. We do. It's awesome. It's good. But also, if you become a patron on any level, you get access to our patron exclusive episodes. We've just dropped the uh, Great Pottery Throwdown episode. Woo! And I know you're sitting there thinking, I don't give a damn about no British pottery reality show. You, aren't you need to. You need we to have get in such it. pots to throw you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 It's like that. It's like that. (laughs) (laughs) So, hell yeah. Head on over. Patreon.com slash... Dead and lovely. Dead and lovely. Uh, Follow us on all the social medias. Uh We've got a link tree page and stuff. We love interacting with you guys, especially over on that Facebook group. It's a good old time. And uh, yeah, hang out with us on the internet. Do something good. Have a good time. Next week on the show, we're going to be talking about... The Blob. Blurb. Not the original. The remake from the 80s. It's like 88, I think. Yeah. I've heard this thing is so sick. Yeah. I'm so excited. I, listen, I'm super, the, I just watched it uh, recently, and just as I was watching, I was like, fuck, we got to do this. It's so fun. Nice. Yeah. Well, tune in next week. We'll be talking about that one. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this show. I have been Uncle Ben. I have been Hollywood Z. We have been Dead and Lovely. Bye. Bye bye. So I was thinking recently. Okay. About how whenever you see those like super close up microscope shots of sperm. Yeah. Uh-huh. And how they're like, they're wilding out, right? Yeah, yeah, they're like, just They're cruising the towards that egg. Yeah. They're going crazy. But then, when you just look at some jazz, it's just kind of still. Yeah, it's just chilling. But what if it went all crazy like that whenever you did it? <laughs> what if it was like in the thing when they like put the, the, the hot poker into in the, the petri dish? If, right, it's like, ah! You just come and it's like, <laughs> all over the place. Yeah, you know? So it's just like you jazz on something and it's just like racing all over the room. So there's like millions of them, right? Yes. So you got to be really careful to like contain it or something. I just got to thinking about like, imagine there's some kid who's upstairs at his parents' house and they're hosting like a fancy dinner party or something. Uh-huh. And he doesn't want to have anything to do with it. And like, he's up there, you know, just exploring his body and he just fucking jerks off in his bedroom. But then his jazz starts like flying all over the house he's like trying to catch it and stuff and like he runs down the stairs because the jazz has gone down the stairs and it like picks up the the big english pudding his mom just made and it's about to like (laughs) drop it on the guests (laughs) so what i'm saying is what if your jazz was dobby okay yeah what if it talked like dobby as well (laughs) (laughs) you're my friend thanks come <laughs> cummy cummy oh a little cummy that's good stuff <laughs>